Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, here it is. Kobe blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game. Let's go, Cubby Sunrento. With Michael. Sunrento. And Crawley. Sunrento and the lovable loser. Sunrento. With Michael. Sunrento. And Crawley. Sunrento and the lovable losers. Sunrento. It's the Halloween edition of the Sun Ranto Show, and uh, it instantly Crawley has become a ghost and has turned into the invisible. Ah! Oh my God! You freaked me out, Crawls. Lucha oh Cabre. Uh, hey, uh, so uh, happy Halloween, everybody! The baseball season is officially over. Uh, Michael, uh, we'll start with you, Michael Cotton. We got Michael Cotton up there. Hi, Cotton. Old times that are not forgotten. Up there, uh, you got a demon clown behind you, yeah, and you're a, a plague doctor slash eagle man. Yeah, it's it's supposed to be kind of like a, a a crow or something thing, but it looks like a plague doctor, so it's fitting for these corona times. And uh, how you doing? Creepy crawly, oh, creepy crawly, creepy crawly, sitting in a mask. Doing good, man. This is one of my all-time favorite Cubs giveaway, a luchador mask. So uh, one of my favorites. And it has the 84 Angry Cub. Yeah, that's there. one of the best ones, no doubt. Absolutely the 84 best. Cub is my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, so a great logo. And, uh, you know, man, I'm just excited about our guest tonight. I, I don't want to jump the gun, but I'm just excited. Yeah, no, Wayne Lester will be joining us soon. And uh, I, I must say, I've, I have a great costume. And it's also incredibly useful. You can't really see with the green screen going on. Here, let me let me turn the green screen off so you can see it for real. Um, because you're uh, here. How do I turn this off? I don't know how. Forget it. It's, anyway, it, it's one of those hats that has the cup holders in it, and uh, I've got. We, we can see the the see outlines squad, of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I, I got the uh, the cup holders in there. I got champagne in there because I'm fancy like that. And this helmet and with the mask and the straw, I am the I am the Chicagoan that has Oh my god, it's, it's you know <laughs> He's the Chicagoan that has lost his voice. Yeah, no, I'm I'm the Chicagoan that has saved um the bar scene. In Chicago, uh, yes. it didn't work. Now I'm all wet and covered in champagne. But. <laughs> so uh, we got a lot going on on this show and, uh, you know, a couple birthday wishes, yeah? Yep, we absolutely do. Uh, Michael Cerami, we got to say happy birthday to my good friend from outside the Ivy at NBC Sports, Michael Cerami. He, uh, 
His birthday's tomorrow, actually. He's turning 30 years old, so everybody needs to bother him tomorrow. And uh, also, Kathy Weedley, great friend of Club 400, wonderful artist. She's done a lot of work for a lot of our friends um, in uh, it, uh, painting and designing. Crawl, you've seen her work before. Her work I mean- is amazing. Uh, you can see it at Club 400. She also has a business. And, you know, I can't remember the name off it off the top of my head, but she does great cub murals. And it's all for charity. Um, the one thing I would say is we always joke around about that night at K's. Uh, in Arizona when I got a little bit too drunk and did too much karaoke. That night, the night. Kathy drove us around that night. So she's an angel. She really helps out with everything and puts up with our garbage sometimes. And she was our designated driver. So we really appreciate that. So happy birthday to you guys. And uh, real quick to Matt Kammerer, another great artist friend of ours. Um, He is donating art to us. Uh, for giving it for a contest. So we're going to have a Christmas songwriting contest for the ranters, a Cubs miss Carol writing contest. So start. Oh, is it going to be another throwdown like me and Bill last year? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a throwdown and we're going to see, but this, this year there's, uh, some art at stake, some Matt camera art. Uh, we're going to be giving away. First place can choose which one they want of these. Ooh. We got the Javi uh, Matt Camera piece, and also he's uh, there's an Eddie Vetter, and also a Ben Zobris, which I don't have a picture of, but uh, it's on his Etsy site, which I will put in the comments real quick. And I just wanted, and so first and second place they can choose, uh, and third place can choose either the uh, Javi or the Eddie. Or the Zobrist, and uh, you know, first, second, third, you choose in whatever order you got it. But check this out. This is Matt Kimmerer's new one that Dawn is talking about in the comments here. I bought his Ernie print. This is Ernie Banks over the city of Chicago. What a great piece this is. And uh, the good news is, is that for all of our patrons, our Patreon peeps, I've posted a, a special link to get 15% off uh, with a promo code. And that's something Matt's doing for everybody for his Etsy store. And I'll put that in the comments in a little bit. Um, so, yeah, the other thing is we're going to go Cubs miss caroling at some point. I have put a uh, poll in the Sunranto Ranter page on Facebook as to when people can do that. And I'm kind of thinking that maybe we go on like the, I don't know, 11th, 12th, 13th, something like that. 18th, 19th, 20th of December. We all go sing Cubs Christmas carols, socially distance and outside over by Wrigley field. We'll make a big thing out of it, tape it and all this stuff. And lastly, when uh, you guys were, we're all winning an award. We're winning an award from the lost boys on Saturday, who we uh, raised money for for John Baker Day this year. And uh, Levante told me this year that they give an award every single year. And this year, uh, us, RotoWare, and Bob Kendrick are amongst the recipients. So we should be really proud. I'm going to show up and give a little, like, thank you speech. Nice. So – uh, anyway, I'm really excited, and the and because of that, like you and I were, ta- you guys, we were talking about it a little bit. Uh, we decided that uh, if you're a Patreon patron, here's what part of your money is going to go to: ten percent of our monthly income is going to get skimmed off the top and tithed straight to Lost Boys. We're going to have an ongoing relationship with the Lost Boys and Levante. We're going to keep working with them. They do amazing work, 
And we'd like to continue our relationship both by helping them out financially and also just being big cheerleaders of them. So if you don't know who they are, lostboysinc.org. And, um, yeah, I'll put it up there right now. And you can just donate to them directly too. But without further ado, we've waited long enough. Guys, I mean, seriously, Chicago's original voice of the national anthem. We're talking White Sox. We're talking Blackhawks, Wolves. Even the old Chicago Sting, if you remember. But if you're following us, the reason you love this guy, Chicago Cubs anthem singer Wayne Mesmer. Let's bring him on. Woo! Hello. Wayne, welcome. What's going on here? Thanks for the uh, spread in the green room here as I was waiting. <laughs> uh, yeah. is, it, is it good stuff? Uh, it's not bad. No, it's bad. It, it it burns well. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there's some Prilosec and some Tums. Uh, in, in not anymore. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> well, you'll need yeah. it. So, uh, yeah, welcome, uh, Wayne. It's so great to have you on the show. You know, I have to say that you know the first time uh, I, I met you at CubsCon a few times. Of course, you meet a million people at Cubs convention, but you always make people feel like you're talking to only them. That you're just that you're in the place with them, even if you maybe don't remember somebody, you certainly are good at acting like you do. You, you're going to tell me about you intercepting Kathleen and I walking down the street. <laughs> yeah, I, I am outside of uh, outside of left field on an off day, and it was a cool day, and all of a sudden, it's like either this guy's going to mug us, <laughs> or. Let's just see what what he's up well, doing. And I got they, I got a selfie of that day. Now do I? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Now, it it look- would be even worse now with the mask on. You'd really think he was going to mug you. Yeah, <laughs> you just posted that the other day. I saw that. Yeah, well, that day was uh, they they had just knocked down the or they were just about to knock down the bleachers and the renovations were going to begin. And me and this woman that's in this picture, Rhonda, right in front of you there, uh, her and I, we we were uh, hopeful idiots, and we thought that anybody could come to the ceremony, the groundbreaking. We thought, hey, it's in the paper. I'm just going to go down. I'm going to walk in, and (laughs) no big deal. I didn't know I couldn't, so a stupid me. But I wasn't the only one. Rhonda, she thought the same thing. And so we just started, we struck up a conversation. We started talking. Her and her husband, not pictured there, Tom. We started talking, and we just waited outside and saw who came out. There's Crane Kenny. There's Carl Rice. There's all the guys. Tom Ricketts are all in and out. And then we see you uh, and Kathleen kind of serving. You were taking a walk around the stadium. Well, guess what? We were doing the same thing because you wanted to see what was going on. And, uh, man, you, we must have stood there before you went and got a hamburger at the now-defunct Rocket Burger Bar. Yeah. We must have stood there on the street for an hour and a half or an hour 15. as You gave us all your time. And, um, man, it was just such a beautiful moment. I, I, I just uh, – I'll never forget that, you know. You, just- you held this good man up for an hour and 15 from getting his lunch? <laughs> yes, we did. I, I'm sure I got to handle it. You know? Hey, uh, mm-hmm. Wayne, I got to ask – I remember ask- that. That was a cool, that was a cool time. Wayne, I got to ask, how did you get started singing the national anthem at sporting events? Uh, well, the legendary story goes, uh, when I was a graduate student at Loyola and uh, loved hockey and used to kind of you know play hockey a little bit, but the university had a, a club team, and I would go to the game. I knew a bunch of the guys on the team, and uh, it was out at Franklin Park Ice Arena, and I'm watching the games, and nobody's doing the PA. There's nothing. It's like, yay, we... You know, so one day I said, I, 
I'm going to just do the PA. What the hell, man? You know, so I sat over there and froze and, you know, Loyola Rambler goal scored by number 17, Gene Key, and just did it. And they go, wow, that sounds pretty cool. I said, yeah, I can, I can fake it. I can pretend it like I know what I'm doing. And then uh, we do the national anthem, and I did a tape recorder, and it, it was a, a, a recording that, uh, boom, boom, <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, man. So, you know, it was kind of like a uh, Enrico Palazzo type of moment. Uh, and, oh, sick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite lines, and believe me, I think of that scene sometime in the midst of standing in front of 40,000 oh, people. I'm going, Jesus, please, 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 don't send me in that direction. <laughs> you know, Leslie Nielsen did. But anyway, uh, so the tape broke. So I, I'll just sing it. So, oh, say, can you know, it's like, whoa, these guys are going, what is this, man? And only a couple guys knew that I was a music dude uh, to begin with, which I still think I am musician first and everything else second. Um, Danny, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, that was it. And the next game, I said, well, what the hell? Let's go sing it again. Did and, you, uh, you prefer singing it a cappella versus singing it with a track? Absolutely. Oh, God, yes. Do they make it? I know the Cubs always have you do it a cappella, but do you ever show well, up at some event? You're like, you do it a cappella. I choose to do it a cappella. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and uh, is now is is that something that you? I mean, that in in a uh, artistic career, oftentimes uh, something that uh, oftentimes will happen is that you'll get sidetracked with something that you didn't expect to happen. It, when you set out to be a performer, I know you started in radio and uh, and you've had a lot of uh, musicals you did. Uh, um, but uh, did you expect, was this something that you wanted to do, like be a singer uh, at events and a speaker? No. And like, yes, or is this yes. just kind of, yeah. Performer, yes. Entertainer, yes. Um, you know, and it's the fit in where you can get in type of thing. You know, it's like as a nine-year-old boy, with my my brother out in the back would be in a backyard. We'd be playing home run derby with a little bat and those little plastic uh, golf wiffle wiffle balls. You know, and every every batter was fully announced. Every game was completely announced. <laughs> you know, uh, home run calls. I mean, you know, you go crazy. I mean, we would do bat flips back then. You know, crazy. <laughs> so. You know, I was always that kind of character, but very uh, private and kind of reserved, you know. And I, I think it became kind of funny because at home when I was a kid, I barely spoke at all. But when I was out being a goofball with the, with the other guys and stuff, you know, suddenly I was class clown or something. And, and, and it's odd you ask, how does all this stuff begin? Because now... Uh, you know, when things are normal, uh, I do a lot of corporate speaking and, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's like the only way I'm going to talk is if you pay me. <laughs> now the only way I'm going to leave my house is if you pay me. Oh, and by, by the way, the check's in the mail, Wayne. Yeah, thanks, well, thanks for, thanks for talking. <laughs> we, we got a discount because he didn't have to leave his house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. That's another misnomer in the speaking business. Ah. You know, well, what's your fee? 
bam. Well, you know, what if we do it uh, virtually? Bam. More, right? <laughs> yeah, because then you got to do all the technical stuff. Yeah, exactly. Now you got to have your own mic, your own computer, your own uh, selfie uh, light, all of it. Um, yeah, well, woe is me. It's beautiful. Well, what fascinates me is is the idea. I know you met Kathleen doing a musical. Uh, that's your lovely wife who you sing the anthem with on Sundays and God Bless America. True. So you've done musicals. You've done radio. You've uh, you've been a, uh, a an announcer. You've been the anthem singer. You've fallen into all sorts of different different parts yeah, of your career. Nice. Doing a lot of – you've got the, the radio show still. You, you've got jazz concerts going on at Hey Nani in Arlington Heights. You've done uh, – you, you do a, a straight play where you play Father Damien, the leper priest of Malachi. I mean, you know, why do I do this? Why do I do this? So is, many, is that your question? Yeah, it's, well, it's so many different things. It's just are you just uh, that much of a renaissance man and so interested in so many different ways to express yourself artistically that you can't stick to one? Yes. The wait is finally over. A triple header of fun is upon us this week. Football is in full effect, with many teams strutting their stuff. And the MLB playoffs are in full swing as well. Now, you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online, period. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantages of all of the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay. Easy answer. in your mouth. Right. question set up. Yes, you know, uh, that's it exactly. And I'll tell you what it is because I am less concerned. It sounds weird, and and follow this. I'm not trying to be you know Phil Jackson, but I'm not the dumbest guy in a block. I've got a PhD in psychology and a master's degree in counseling. You know, it's crazy when people aren't. They think, wow, what do you do? You sing the national anthem. Oh, that's great. You know, now I'll, I'll be at a jazz club or something. Oh, I thought you only knew one song. And I'm thinking, which brick do you want me to smash you with? <laughs> right. You know, well, what do I say? No, I, I've, I've been doing this one. You know what I mean? You, know, you need to start telling people that you actually go in and talk to the players in the in the dugout. Hey, Wayne, like real- after you're done, you, you go in and counsel them. Real quick, you got oh, yeah. you got a you got a really big fan of yours right on here. Mason Watts. Mason my says, buddy. hey, I know you're friends my with Mason buddy. Watts. I know he's your buddy. He drew yeah. a very good picture of you, if I remember correctly. He did, and I have it uh, prominently displayed in my home, along with a, a, a magnificent piece of art that uh, his dad, Bill, did for me. And, uh, you know, that that was uh, – well, you were there, and yep. I mean, they presented this to, to me, and, and Kathleen was alongside – at Club 400, and, you, you know, it's little tiny, what may appear as, as small acts of kindness mm-hmm. never go unnoticed. You know, see, what I was going to say about, and back to, to Danny, what you were asking about, which is, it is a big question. I mean, it's like you can spend a lot of money on psychotherapy wondering what in the hell is wrong with this guy? That he can't just like focus on something and just do it. 
Well, the problem is that uh, I've created a bit of a monster myself in terms of uh, living in the moment so intently that I'm less concerned about where I am and laser focused on the fact that I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do get it. And that's what amazes me about specifically one of your many and probably your most famed what you're most famed for the the Cubs anthem is, you know, what we know you from uh, originally. But, uh, you know, when I think of how you sing that, it's it seems like each time you sing it, it is the exact same technically same notes, same sounds, but it feels fresh to me in the way in what it means to you in that it is grounded within it always feels like you mean it i think is what i'm saying like what is that preparation like to say to yourself okay is that you know i'm gonna mean this i'm gonna think about what the troops or (laughs) our country or you know what what do you have to do to prepare yourself to to have it land like it does so honestly um it's more of a musical challenge than anything else and a bit theatrical as well um, but how do I prepare mentally? I'm thinking, you know, now John Wayne Mesmer. Oh, cool, man. Wayne is singing. <laughs> Look at some of those people. That's what I say too. You know, yeah, Wayne, oh, man. You know, that Wayne's kind of, in there. Yeah. You know, it's the I love you man crowd that I absolutely adore. But I mean, this is it, you know? I mean, hey, but the point is that there will be other people, you know, okay, who's this guy? Never heard him before. I want those people who hear it for the first time and say, "Holy crap! Man. This guy said this guy's saying it the way it's supposed to be sung." Who is this dude? Oh, he's been here forever, man. Really? Yeah. This cat got shot. No way. Shot? Yeah. Shot in the throat. Are you kidding me? I have had this exact conversation <laughs> without its outers. Yeah. yeah. That, that you strike up a friendship with before game. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The same. Well, um, Wayne, how, Wayne, how did you uh, first get into uh, with the Cubs into the Cubs as far as that's concerned? Uh, well, the first, and you know, you mentioned the Chicago sting. That was the first place. Cause I was doing radio uh, on a station that was uh, covering the, carry the games. And so I weaseled my way into doing a, a uh, Chicago Sting weekly report because I wanted to, yeah, I was playing. It was kind of a boring gig. But anyway, uh, and so I talked my way in a, at a Christmas party into uh, coming out and saying, hey, who sings for your games? You know, who sings for the games? I hadn't been to one yet. And they were starting to play indoor soccer at Chicago Stadium. Those teams would outdraw the Bulls and Blackhawks combined. It was insane. Those were great times. The place rocked. And uh, so, uh, and it was God Bless America with the owner, Lee Stern. That's what he wanted. So I came out, sang God Bless America. The place was crazy. It was, you know, it was like, it was the first of the, uh, uh, like, laser fireworks exploding everything. Uh, just insanity and then i ultimately got the pa job and then just went crazy you know you know you know like one of those guys and how old were you when when that started were you Uh, 20s 30s 30s okay yeah yeah so i think early 20s something like that but you know and that experience uh led to them inviting me to do the uh the outdoor 
because they were playing indoor soccer and then they were playing outdoor at uh, Wrigley Field and Comiskey Park and later Soldier Field. And I said, hell yeah. So I wound up doing that, and that year they won the championship, and there was a baseball strike. And uh, that experience led to uh, the Blackhawks calling and asking me if I wanted to, you know, come out and sing. Yeah, why not? So it's like uh, one thing leads to another, leads like you yeah. and that, led, that led to the White Sox. And I went out there for three years um, as the stadium announcer and singer. And, and Harry had just left. Uh, so I was the schmuck having to lead the crowd in the seventh inning. Oh, oh, you're, uh, oh you no, had to follow no. Harry. Oh, my God. It was like having, a, you know, the Steve Martin arrow through your head. <laughs> I hated it. But, I, you know, I, I loved being out. I mean, I grew up on the south side, and it was fun working in the old ballpark. It was neat. But then the opportunity to came uh, after the 84 season to uh, take stay on the train a little longer and get off on the north side. Now, okay, so that means that you have actually performed in all the major sporting complexes in Chicago. Do you have a favorite? Like, what's what's the best one to work in for you to sing, I guess? The best one, well, I, I'll always take Wrigley Field uh, just because of the historic nature of it. You know, I mean, to me, I close my eyes. What do you think of? I mean, sometimes I think of, you know, Enrico Palazzo. Sometimes I think of the <laughs> shop, shopping list of what I have to get before I go home as I'm singing. It's very bizarre. So the concentration has got to be there. And when you're at Wrigley, Suddenly it's game three of the 1932 World Series, you know? Mm-hmm. And I look over and there's, I mean, it's like, come on, man. There's Bambino. There's Lou Gehrig waiting to play ball on this same ground where I'm standing. Right. So then then you start getting the chills, you know? I mean, Jackie Robinson this is the only ballpark that uh, he played in that still exists uh, in a major league level. In all those years in Chicago with the Cubs, you've had an opportunity to meet guys like Ernie Banks, Yosh Kawano, Ron Santo, Harry Carey. What good memories do you have that really kind of that kind of just make you smile when you think about all of that? Well, I think of when I think of Cubs baseball, uh, for me, it's always going to be watch it now. Here we go, three balls, two strikes. It'll always be brick house. And I, I loved him, you know, and when I got to know him and when he actually called me by my first name for the first time, I was, uh, you know, I, I kind of stumbled. It was just really cool. You know, you know, two way, a pro's pro, he, sign, he signs a thing and I'll never forget it. I thought, you know, maybe you sign that for everybody, but. I'm I'm, taking, sh- I'm I'm taking it to heart there, Jay. <laughs> it's it's funny. I'm sure people sometimes are starstruck when they meet you. They get nervous probably meeting you. Um, I, I what they don't what people don't understand is that you get starstruck too meeting people. Like it is like kind of a general chain of I mean getting starstruck over and over again by the people you meet. It's like you know I it's yeah I- fun. it's a privilege you know and the thing is it kind of interesting because um the guy who's now on his honeymoon probably with Clayton Kershaw his father <laughs> ah i love yeah. it how's that for not saying you, you know the crowd you're playing to man <laughs> uh i was on with uh with jack uh buck for 
two different times pregame, buck on deck. And, you know, it's like you're sitting there and you're feeling it. I'm in his booth up at Wrigley. And, well, you know, he's there a long time ago. And he's going on. And you want to kiss the ring or something, you know. It's like you're sitting there with the Pope. Uh, and, you know, well, Jack, you know. Yeah, but should I call him Will Mr. Buck? You know, he's not like a wee. <laughs> you try to, what is it, act like, you have, like you've been there before. Mm-hmm. One of the great lines of all time, he looks at me to, cl- to close off the thing. He says, Wayne, I just want you to know that you are admired from afar. Oh, <laughs> said, how yeah. great to hear that. Yeah, okay, Jeff, thanks. You know, I don't, I don't want to uh, – uh, don't give me a pen for being a, a guest. Don't give me anything. You've given me something way more valuable already, you know. Yeah. There's so, so you, many you so many legends passed, have passed through your life, you know, that, and it probably you must pinch yourself and wonder, like, did that just happen? Just because you're a part – you're a part of – and not even an ancillary, an ancillary part, one of the most religious – parts of what we do as baseball fans is all stand together and listen to you sing. Like it is, you know, it's probably the only thing we do together <laughs> besides the seventh inning stretch. The, the well, it is, it is an interesting moment. I mean, it is where everyone stops and the focus is on what you're doing. And if you do it like I do it, um, meaning acapella uh, unaccompanied, there ain't nothing else going on, man. I mean, you're standing there naked. That's why I take people. I like to work with people. I do a one-on-one private mentoring, coaching with, with people and really help them in a lot of ways. To, one thing to help discover their own gifts in their lives and how to apply them. Yeah, I mean, I think it's good stuff. But imagine uh, for people who are, are squeamish about having to talk in public or, or perform or sing in public, you're handed the microphone. It's game five. Crawl, you know where I'm going, and you know this oh, yes, sir. moment, man. Boom. Here it is. Hot mic. Danny, you can feel the adrenaline already. Ladies and gentlemen, to honor America, please rise and join Wayne Messmer in the singing of God Bless America, followed by our national anthem. Okay. Who's watching? Everybody. Everybody watched that game. Game five, are you kidding me? And, you know, it turned out to be a pivotal pivotal moment. It also was the conclusion of a day that is uh, maybe the most emotional, one of certainly one of the top three emotional days of my entire life. Kathleen and I had gotten to sing at a luncheon that afternoon, or at noon, actually, good stuff. You know, boom the bar, boom the, you know, happy musical stuff, a some enchanted evening. And that was something that I thought was lost when I got shot and got hurt. We went from there to the Wolves game out of the Allstate Arena with 15,000 people there that afternoon for a 4 o'clock game. Strolled out on the carpet where I had walked out uh, six months and five days after being shot to sing again. You know, whoa, I'm hitting some milestones all on the same day. Then we drove down to Wrigley Field all the same day for the eight o'clock ball game. 
And those were three of the four things that I held on to in my darkest moment when I thought, man, I, instead of imploding, uh, you know, I mean, to have my, when, when my voice was stolen, I, I want, I needed, I needed to hit something. You know, so you go through a lot of that crap. So finally, on like on that day, you know, it's uh, it's 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 a rather incredible day when all of those things that help pull you through the madness are all you're able to taste all of them. Because when I was when I couldn't speak um, and I was getting wheeled down to a particularly heinous uh, exam. Those were the things that I hung on to as my life preservers. One of which was, if the Cubs make the World Series. Now, this was 1994, so I was obviously well on morphine or something. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, man, not, so, not so much. Hallucination, whatever with the voice, whatever. But if they make it, I'd love to sing a game. And, and so to be able to do those, those things all on, the, on that day. Um, well, let, let me ask you about it. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's awkward to be like, Hey, so what was it like to get shot? You know, it's a, it's a weird thing to ask somebody, but yeah. you've talked about it. You've written a book about it and it's, it's by the way, available on Amazon. And I read, uh, the, yeah, there it is. Carly's got it right there and, uh, you can buy it for only 17 oh. bucks and it's on Kindle unlimited as well. You could, which is where I was reading it on. And I read the the beginning, and I'm going to pull up a passage real quick that I read last night. And you talked about that uh, you were wearing a Save the Children Foundation tie that was covered with the illustrated faces of smiling children and flags from around the world. It was still firmly affixed around the collar of my blood-stained shirt. The tie had lodged itself into the entry wound and prevented the massive blood loss that usually accompanies a gunshot wound to the neck. In an ironic, incredibly ironic twist, this festive tie was designed by another 15-year-old boy to raise money to help other children, and it had actually served to save my life from a gunshot wound inflicted by another 15-year-old child. And, like, that's, you know, for you to find the not only the irony in that, but also the beauty in a certain mo- cyclical moment of something so tragic for both both you and that kid that that shot you and to find and I know your story is a story of redemption and forgiveness and how not to hold on to that you know when I when I read that not only everybody's got to go out and read this book because it's obviously inspiring and amazing but the voice of victory <laughs> and, but you know talk about not just rebuilding you, talk about not just be rebuilding your voice but also like rebuilding uh, – how do you rebuild yourself to a point where you can forgive the person who inflicted this senseless crime upon you? Well, I will tell you, because I've had a lot of thought about that. Had I and I could have just as easily one centimeter away, I'd be blowing on a tube and we'd be having a really nice conversation with, yeah, remember when you used to sing at Wrigley and – you know, it's a it's a Roy Campanella conversation that I say with all respect. Three time National League MVP, you know, ends up in the wheelchair. Uh, miraculously, I do not have permanent injury. How I don't know. 
I had a doctor at the foot of my bed when I went to Cook County from after from the shooting. And I was totally awake through the thing and, you know, frightened to death and pointing to my wedding ring and like, you know, call my wife just in case I'm on a croak here. I didn't know. I didn't know how bad I was hurt. And uh, the neck apparently was swollen up like, you know, moose cholac or something. And uh, <laughs> you don't even know who that is. But he, uh, he was an old wrestler. If his name was Moose, he had a big neck. We could see that. <laughs> That's right. Moose Cholac owned a bar like down in, you know, like uh, steel mills or something. But and then about an hour, it was probably in maybe an hour and a half after the shooting. That was it. I mean, the lights went out. And I woke up two and a half days later. Wow. With a few questions like, uh, <laughs> like, I. If this is a nightmare, let's just get it over with. And I'm looking around and I'm going, what the heck? Okay. Now, when I did finally awaken, I wanted to get get an answer. Like, what did you have to do here? And that's, I, I wanted to you know, call somebody over. Like, I mean, I couldn't talk. I got a tracheotomy tube. I'm on a respirator. I got shit everywhere. The tubes coming out and everything. And I wanted to motion somebody to come over. And I couldn't move my arms, my hands, or my feet, anything. I'm going, what did these guys do? I mean, because I, I remember there was a shooting for sure. But, it, you know, it's like surgery in the neck area. Something bad happened. And I spent the next day and a half unable to make, <laughs> to get anybody's attention Uh to try and have somebody to speak directly to me. And I thought that I was uh, as a result of maybe a surgical thing or a C2, C3, whatever, something busted. And uh, I was now quadriplegic. It was, it was a rough day and a half. I don't believe I slept a lot, you know. And then I thought of the Twilight Zone where the one guy, they think he's dead and he makes a tear going, whoa, he's alive. It sucked. And I was so so pissed off. It's like, because yeah. I never saw, I never saw the kid who ran up on me at, in the car, banged on the window and then <clears throat> pulled the trigger. You know, I mean, I grew up in the city on the streets on the South side. We've, I've thrown and taken a few punches in my day, you know? So, so and, and that's that's the that's the sadness. Damn it, I could not have done anything. But let me tell you why the forgiveness. Sometimes I have to say uh, to myself, remember, you had like well, I mean, I've had twenty six years worth of doing what I love to do since then. If I'm if I'm still. Uh, walking around, you know, wanting justice and wanting revenge. Forget it. Yeah. You're, then you're re-victimizing yourself. Wayne, uh, I don't know if you – did you ever see the last Blackhawk game at the old barn at the Madhouse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It you, took me a while to be able to watch that, but I did. Okay, I'm not going to show the clip then, but uh, I no, did. No, take, I, I with, with Kathleen and the – Yeah. Uh, that's a great moment, and that is the night – that is the night, the very night, uh, and and that's when Pat Foley read. I, let, I wrote a letter to to the fans. He read the thing. Uh, it's in the book, all of that, that whole story. And that that night after I heard that, and and uh, and the anthem plays with the uh, it was April fifteenth, and then the uh, 
the anthem, both anthems play, they wheeled me down to stick needles in my neck and two more tubes in my nose and then jam me, and I'm already claustrophobic, into a, into a, like a CAT scan machine. I'm thinking, I was not happy. Yeah. You know, Wayne, I, I watched the clip. I have it. Do you mind if I show people the clip real quick? Ah, it's a great moment. It's a, it's a tender, beautiful, unbelievably loving moment. And I, I, and, and I got to tell you, you know, I, I started going to Cubs games by myself in the 90s, and that's kind of when I got to really know you. And it wasn't until like the late 90s, early 2000s that I really got to start to talking to you and knowing Wayne Mesmer, the person. And I, I, I don't remember this clip, you know, back in the 90s, but I watched it knowing you and Kathleen and your relationship. It really, it choked me up watching it again. So I'm just going to play it because like you said, Pat Foley and people don't realize how amazing that place was too, to hear an anthem oh. old Chicago stadium with oh, the wow. crowd. The best 110 decibels. I will I, let me share it with you guys right here. Yeah. Well, well you sh- before you share that, let me just say, this is Moose Cholak. I got to <laughs> I got to show a picture. I did find it. Um, and I, I like the little caption on this. My devastating squasheroo is made to order for the chain gang bums. Mr. Clean and I can win that. So Moose yeah. Cholak, a Chicago wrestler, apparently. Beauty. He's beat it with Haystacks. Calhoun was another one. All right. Uh, here we go with the last game, last black no, ball sorry. game at old Chicago stadium. Let me get this going here. There we go. Dude, I was covering for you with the Moose Cholak crack. I love it. Way to go. <laughs> you got to share audio. You got it. Yeah, unshare it and then reshare the audio. It's in the uh, lower left-hand corner. You got to go share it. <laughs> this is Welcome state. to Sun Ranto IT. <laughs> Look at it. Exactly. So I, I hit share screen. I'll go back to the Moose Cholak pick. There he is. <laughs> what a brother. He looks I picture him by his, by his saloon. It's a good one, too. Oh, he's got a saloon. He, he's got a saloon. Oh, yeah. Here, here in Chicago still? Is it, is it still no, around? He's, he's, oh. I think he's gone toes up. Well, yeah. yeah, he's gone, but is the saloon still here? Yeah. Cholax was the name of the place. So, Dan, when, <laughs> when I share the screen, how do you share the audio real quick? In the left hand, lower left-hand corner. Of what? Of the sh- screen I'm sharing or? What are you, what, what applica- are you trying to share an application or a? Uh, application, quick time. Yeah, that, then it won't work. But uh, it'll only work if, if you do it through a YouTube. So, uh, so no worries. Tech support on the Sun Ranto show, but it was uh, it was it was a real like you said it was great it was, intention though. I, was, I, I I will I will it was that was a, a a memorable moment not just for you but for a lot of people in Chicago who knew your story. I think is it, you know like crawl. I don't think you know when people feel like they know you. You've been in our houses. You when when you sing for people. You know, and I know that your shows are probably packed. You have you have some of those coming up too that you want to plug at Haynan. I would love to. I would love to. They just uh, they just announced uh, that they're going to shut down for four months. Ooh, yeah, it's rough. Yeah, it hurts, man. And uh, you know, I I was uh, um, two months deep in a, a residency program with them, and they're going to do a, a nice one every month. But you know, when they come back, they'll come back strong. I did a couple. Uh, uh, I did a gorgeous outdoor. Uh, it was a backyard of a mansion on on the east. It's called the uh, 
the, the Glessner House, and it's a historic mansion, on the like right east of Michigan Avenue. Uh, on uh, it's a, just a cool area there, and people brought their own chairs and bottles and stuff. And I just went; it was a jazz trio, just a, a pianist, Bobby Schiff guy, and a guy named uh, Seth Mason, uh, Scott Mason, rather, a uh, terrific bass player, and and myself, and we just did a couple sets. People went nuts. Nice nuts or not, but they were. <laughs> Trust me, they probably went nuts. Everybody's going nuts over any. Yeah, it doesn't take of normal, normalcy. I yeah. mean, we went nuts. Our, I don't know if you got a ch- you've met John Benedek, who ended up getting oh, yeah. the job yeah. as as the organ player at Wrigley Field. And the first day, the you know, this is one really cool thing that the Cubs did is they had the org- They had John come and play. The season hadn't started. It was still a couple weeks out from starting. It, I think I don't know if we even had a date at that point for the season to start. But John went and played an organ concert. Did an hour out there and. Man, about 10, 12 of us went out to Wrigley Field and brought a couple of pops and some lawn chairs. And uh, we went live with uh, with Crawley. And I, Michael, I don't know if you're on that show or not, but we had such a, a great time listening to the live organ and it was just such a like a a sound for sore for sore ears (laughs) you know and so any live music right now I know it's something we all miss very much how have you I know you perform all the time you you probably haven't gone more than two or three days in a row without performing in in the last 30 years uh how have you taken that in this moment emotionally and stayed sane without that release Well, you know that uh, performers have the need, the addiction to perform. I mean, there's, there's no question about it. And, uh, uh, for example, I would average somewhere between 215 and 230 events per year is what I would generally do. Hey, shut that down for seven months. What? You know what yeah. I'm talking about? I was like, this is a little weird. So what do you do? Well, I, you know, I had to come up with some projects, um, a lot of writing. Um, I've uh, uh, worked to take a lot of the, well, the business acumen, the experience, the, the, the uh, uh, entrepreneurial business, um, all of that. Presentation skills, startups of a hockey team, uh, startup of a financial services company, both still running happily, successfully. And take that and uh, offer that information to people who are looking for, and a lot are right now, just one-on-one coaching, mentoring. Uh, and uh, my thing is is helping to really, I already mentioned, you know, but but help people to to find their uh, their their gifts in their life, which uh, sometimes it's a, it's a difficult search, you know. But it, it helps if you have somebody who's not. I mean, who's trained to do that? And I am. It's just that you keep taking detours. You know, my first radio break, I was on my way to go register for the PhD program. And I literally, and I stopped because I got a phone call from a guy I went to college with. He said, hey, I just got a job as a program director at the station. He said, I got a gig for you. I said, I'm going to go be a psychologist. That's what I want to do. And he said, you're nuts. And uh, I said, well... (laughs) I'm not. <laughs> what a thing to say to a psychologist. Yeah, I know enough people who are, so I can make a living off of it. 
And he said, come on, this is an opportunity. Because we were college radio together. So I didn't go. And uh, then I just, you know, started radio. And then 18 years later, uh, then I got a, got a PhD. And, and you've got a new Christmas song. Oh, that that's coming out. It's a beautiful Christmas song, and I I cut a little bit of it out because I want to play it for everybody, just a, a little snippet. And then uh, Wayne, I, I've got a surprise for you too because I've actually improved your song, and I'll show it to you in a second. But Christmas time is here again. The season's full of cheer again. I should be married. But I'm blue Doesn't seem like Christmas Without you Snow is coming down again And Santa's back in town again But gifts should be exchanged by two Okay, if you want to hear the bridge, you got to pay. You got to go to, to yeah, we go, well, yeah we, go, we go to the G minor right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you miss it, it really it really hurts. If, if you if you want to hear if you want to hear G minor and the key change at the end, oh, isn't that yeah, strong? That's that's Ooh. really strong key change at the end of the song. Uh, it's a new Christmas classic, <laughs> and I think very prescient for this particular moment when a lot of us will be spending the holidays without people that we love. I think yeah. it's a, you know, I, the song that I always think of in kind of this vein, that what it made me think of is that always gets me. There's a part of it that makes me, when I sit at the piano and sing it every Christmas at my mom's piano, the piano I learned on, I sing, have yourself a merry little Christmas with the, the same oh, yeah. sheet music I've been playing on since I was eight. And 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 I and there's a part where it says uh, through the years, we all will be together if the fates allow. And every time I get to that part, I break into a million pieces. And I feel like this has a similar vibe to that, you know, but I I have a surprise for you, Wayne. I've actually uh, I've turned your new Christmas song into a a duet. No, I got it. We're doing a duet now. And today I got in front of the green screen and check this out. You're going to love it. I I won't play as much of it, but you're going to love this. Christmas time is here again. Christmas time is here. The season's full of cheer again. I'm so happy. I should be married. But I'm blue. I'm so dark sad. Doesn't seem like Christmas without you. Cause you're not here. No, 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 no. So, so I, I, I did a little work on it. And if, if you want to stick tuned to the end of the show, I'll play the whole thing that I did. Danny really commits to thinking just adding himself to anything is better. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you can't. How do you say? It's better to be thrown out of somewhere <laughs> because then at least you have been there. <laughs> this is, you want to talk about Christmas singing right here. Oh, God, what a great picture. 
at Club 400. If you want just like a, a snapshot of Club 400 in one photo. <laughs> that's. I believe we were singing um, Al Mora, Why Can't You Be Better there. And Kathleen had the high descant. And what a beautiful soprano she has. She soared over the entire, uh, over the entire basement. Yeah, you see, the sad thing is I missed that. I was stuck signing books for people uh, and, and grinning. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the price of fame, Wayne. But she loved it. Oh, my gosh. Well, we had so much We had so much fun. I do have that uh, video from the last Chicago Stadium. I'm going to try one more time to see if I can get this thing going here. Let's screen share it here so that we can see it. Uh, applic- uh, Chrome tab. Yeah, and then yeah. in the left, the lower left corner. Share audio, got it. Yeah, that, there you got it. All there right, we go, cool. right here. It doesn't look like shit. Oh, yeah. Pardon the interruption, but you're not a Patreon subscriber, so I would like to talk about my nose hair and how when sometimes when I pick my nose, a booger is stuck in my nose hair, and when I go to pull out said booger, well, it can be a, a mess and very painful. Bloody. Well... Guess what? That doesn't have to happen to you. Because Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system, It's intelligently contoured. Its design enhances the trimming experience, and it is waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning. The only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts for up to 90 minutes to use. Now, have you ever pulled your nose hair out with your fingers? I did. I just told you about it. That might hurt worse than nicking your balls. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to. It's delivering you maximum confidence while providing hygiene. Yes, you will get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed-whacking time clean and enjoyable. Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hairs is a major turnoff. So it's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, for keeping our pubes trimmed and our hairs and our holes looking nice. Remember, you get 20% off with the code armchair at manscaped.com. So what are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. The Sun Ranto Show is also brought to you by Bet Online. Okay, the wait's over. We got a triple header of fun this week. Football, strutting its stuff. Baseball playoffs, they're going. I mean, it's an online cavalcade of betting possibilities. Now, you might not be at the game, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline's going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to BetOnline today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantages of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. And if you never want to hear an ad on the Sunranto show again, all you got to do is subscribe to us. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. Get her done. 
Wow, what a moment. Yeah, you know, I, it was... Uh, yeah, that's got me a little uh, misty-eyed. You know, and, I mean, and I'm watching this thinking, that actually happened. You know what I mean? It's not a made-for-TV thing, although it, it would be a pretty good one. Intent <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood. Yeah, Wayne wants to make a movie of his life. He's, yeah, he's doing a, better, a lot of writing. Even a better screenplay. Uh, I mean, what strength it took for her to be there. She wanted to stand in the spot where I where I used to stand to, to sing it. You know, again, I mean, we, we go through life sometimes with uh, not recognizing the, the very amazing moments that happen right before our eyes. There's a, a great phrase that says sometimes and I use it all the time. Sometimes you will never know the true value of a moment until it becomes a memory. <sighs> yeah. You missed it. You know, you saw Kathleen and I walking across the street and you didn't dash over and say hello. You know? Yeah. I probably should have. I wish I did. Why yeah. I didn't. Yeah, why didn't why didn't I say you know you 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 just uh, you don't miss the chances you don't take you, you know, know that's how that's pretty much like how it goes and and you look at a, a time like now and you look at you know the album that you're releasing and like you never stop trying to take those chances and that's what it's inspiring to me Wayne as a performer like sometimes I'm just like uh you know it's like it's tough being an artist like. A lot of times the money's not great, you know. It's like it, it, it can be a real struggle. There's a lot of competition. There's you, you get bored of doing certain things. You always want to change. You always want to do the new thing. You always want to try. But, you know, people, they don't necessarily come with you on that new journey all the time, you know, when you're doing yeah. that stuff. It can, be, it can be difficult to be a performer. And right now, with as, a, as you said, two, you went from 230 gigs a year to, like, none, basically uh, you know yeah. in effect zero uh and you know uh, we're yeah, trying to three, keep three since february 22nd yeah wow. so so that's you know and that's one out of thousands of us that are perform- all my all my broadway friends from back in new york from the yeah. shows i did there nobody's doing anything until at least the middle of next year. And not even, and, and the waiter jobs are gone too. Yeah. And, and the people that would go to the dinner and then the show, well, guess what? There's no dinner. There's no show. No, everybody's staying at home eating pot roast. So like, you know, that's where we, that's where we're at right now. So like, you know, I just, you inspire me as a person that keeps working in this in this pandemic, you're like, okay, well, I guess I'll just <laughs> make a new Christmas song classic, and uh, you know, I'm guess I'll write a new book, and I, it, you know, and thank you, of course, for being so generous with your time with us tonight, too. It, it's, we're almost at an hour right. right now, and you know, it's like you, I know you have stories that could fill about twenty Sunranto shows, and and you've. And all the podcasts you've been on, uh, and it's just like you're so open and generous with everything you give. You know your honesty about being shot and the redemption story for you, and uh, you know just the joy that you bring to any room that you're in. It's just like I can't tell you what it means to all of us as Cubs fans. And I do got to ask you while you're still here, when I do got to ask you, you. Uh, you know, there's about. 
a couple anthems that I've heard you sing in your lifetime that just have resonated more than others. Mm. I'm going to give you the two and let me know if there's one that you would include in there. You're going to say Ron, uh, Ron Sano's retirement. Oh, well, no, the one that I, I'll tell you about that. That's a personal one. That's a number. Yeah. That's a personal one there. But I'd say like, if you talk about when people talk about legendary Mesmer anthems, people, I've had a bunch of people on here talk about world series game five. And then the other one that I that people talk about legendary is 1991 All Star Game at for the at old uh you know Blackhawk Stadium, right. old Chicago Stadium, and that was when the troops were going to war in Iraq. That was a huge one where the crowd just blew up and everybody nationally saw that. Yeah, that's generally the one that well, it's got a million some hits on YouTube or something, but that. Uh, that was an amazing moment. I describe all of that in the book, The Voice of Victory. I take you through that moment, uh, through the week before, through finding out that we were going to actually cover it, be having dinner on Wednesday or Thursday night. And this was uh, that was on uh, Sunday. And Thursday is when it hit the fan. And we're going, what's going to happen here? And then knowing that at that moment, what needed to be done correctly again was falling on my plate now here's a phrase that i use all the time and i use it in 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 coaching and mentoring and trying to get people to incorporate the thought of planting good seeds that everything that you try to make happen doesn't work with a snap of a finger unless you have a you know i dream of genie which we'd all love to have I, Kathleen, she, doesn't, she doesn't even need to do any magic. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but you know, you, you just try to do the best you can possibly possibly do at all at all times. And you know, and maybe I bore easily, but it's like uh, you know, what are we doing? Oh, good Saturday night. I wish, but we should have had a performance of Damien. That's a one man play it's it's me monologue hour and a half just you know cast a collar and uh, you know as this character wonderfully heroic character father damien of molokai who serviced the leper community out there it's a painful but beautiful story that's totally different than walking into the uh you know machinists union uh, gathering down in mccormick place to sing an anthem you know um and it's different than hopping over at uh, Hey Nani and doing a set of jazz. Um, and it's it's different than doing a radio show. It's like, if you can, you know, people say, pick a lane. People tell you that crap all the time. <laughs> and and yeah, I've had to use that on a few people. If, you, if you're like really bad at a couple things and good at one, Guess what? We'll try and direct you to that lane. Yeah. But if you have ability, and I believe me, all ego aside, thank you for giving me the uh, the talent to be able to do a number of things. I think I'll write. Yeah, right. I'll write another book. What? You know what I mean? It's like weird. So I'm not going to pick a lane. I want like five semis going down the highway at all times. <laughs> with big hairy guys with hairy knuckles standing on the accelerators because. I don't want the should have, could have, might have. You know, I'll tell you one skill that you have that the true CubCon fan knows where I'm about to go with this skill. 
right here. Oh, yeah. Cub bingo, baby. Oh, Cub, Cub 69 right up there in the corner, too. I, I'm, surprised, I'm surprised Crawley can bring up Cubs bingo without yeah. breaking out in tears. It's uh, sad. It's sad. But think of the thousands of people who have gone there for years and have never come close. And then some – Crawley's one of those guys. Yeah, Crawley's one of those. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I thought you, I thought you were going to say, think of the thousands of people who have actually won – but Crawley has not. <laughs> what an amazing photograph. What is that? Like Crawley had his bingo card. Wayne being like, what do you want from me? I can't do nothing yeah, about it. Sammy <laughs> Schmendrick here, you know. But, but Wayne, how do you think that, that, that – if you think about it, for the true CubCon aficionado, honestly, like people like – think about it. It's like you could go see Rizzo or you could go see like, uh, you know, Billy Williams. You could see all these things and all these people. But the one thing that gets people totally geeked out is Cubs bingo. And you know bingo what I'm talking about? The doors open up and it it's looks – It's a stampede. It's a who concert. It's, it's a stampede of people. Right. And, they, and and I feel like right. uh, Kevin Bacon in Animal House, please stay calm like the poor <laughs> Cubs workers are trying to get these people that are frothing in the mouth who've been waiting for four yeah. hours yeah. for a seat yeah. of bingo. You got the poor eighty-two-year-olds saying, "Slow down!" Oh yeah. So, and you, you know, I, I think my favorite part of Cubs Bingo is that everybody boos the winners. <laughs> it's like, it's, yeah, it's such I, I, a I've Chicago been, moment, you know. I've encouraged all of that over the years. I know, I <laughs> and egg it on. There you go, Crawley. So, oh, Dave, Dave Arnold, I right won to... Cubs Bingo at yeah, Club Dave, 400. Dave's, oh, rubbing, wow. Dave's rubbing it in. But, I, <laughs> uh, you know, the funny thing, too, is there's a drinking game associated with Wayne's Bingo. Oh, oh yeah. And it's the uh, – this flag, historic flag, has flown over beautiful Wrigley Field. <laughs> I have, by the way, I have two flags – that have flown over historic. I have three of them, actually. Oh, man, you're going to get drunk if you keep talking about it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you going here. Well, the thing that I love, even matter of fact, I've got a picture right here of historic Wrigley Field, too. Oh, uh, no, he keeps saying it. Now it's like, just drink out of the bottle. Uh, and then at the end, everybody gives the big old... Beautiful, oh, Wrigley, historic Wrigley yeah. Field. Yeah. And you know how that started is just me being stupid and you know, <laughs> not having uh, uh, any respect for the game of bingo. <laughs> Zero, wait, wait, and, you don't have any it, respect for the game of bingo, yeah, card, key card and, flips. <laughs> I know, and Fred, my guy next to me, you know, I'll turn and I say, What goddamn. <laughs> game are we on here? Oh, <laughs> Ten more. Jesus, what do you want out of me? You know, all right, this time we're going to go, uh, what do you want to do? And I talked to the guy who's pulling the balls up, who I don't think has any other skill in the world. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and, and that's kind of only marginally distributed about what, what he can do. He'll come up and he's going to look at the thing. And it's like, Okay, now would be a good time to let me know what that. What that <laughs> well, well, let me let me know when that job comes up because I I can maybe get it and then the fix can be in from then on in and uh, we'd have some fun with it. I, I thought I would have an in, but I still haven't had my numbers called. But sometimes I look just for the cards that I know will make me laugh if Wayne says it and we do a social. So uh, <laughs> one of Wayne's classic lines: "You, if I'm thinking of you, 
U18. I mean, like, right. I've heard that for <laughs> like 20 years. The most oft-asked questions at the convention. <laughs> U18? <laughs> I seriously, you know, under the logo. See, I mean, like, we all just laugh and have fun. And somebody complained how oh, I he's making innuendos. <laughs> <laughs> like, it is Saturday night, lady. Like, everybody's oh, laughing. Believe. It just absolutely is the most fun. And I always, like I said, here's a picture. There's post bingo. Oh, that's the bingo board behind you there. Crawley, there's, I, my, I, there's my man right there. I, can, I see him. I see him in the background. Crawley, I can tell you lost just by the look on your face. You're just like, <laughs> so disappointed. You're trying to be happy, but it ain't working out. Oh, it's man. It, it's sad. Well, here's something. I was thinking we ought to figure this thing out, you know, talk to Stu and a couple other folks to underwrite this thing. How do we do an online Cubs? I, I looked, Wayne, I looked it up today. Wayne, I'm on it. I looked it up today because we were having you on the show. Crawley started talking about bingo, and I said, <laughs> oh, my God, maybe we should play bingo. And I didn't figure it out in, the, like, in enough time to like, yep. do it between us. We didn't but think I, about it quite quickly enough. We didn't think about it quickly enough, but we're thinking about it. We're going to get it going. We're definitely we're playing on mass going. scale. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. We it's, go nuts. Yeah, we we're, we're get a couple thousand people. Yeah, we, need, you know. we need the professional Zoom, and we might need the actual Cubs involved. My, 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 you know. my, if we call it Cubs bingo, you probably. Yeah. My, go, well, they're they're going to charge, buddy, though, probably. Cause, my uh, favorite. Can, we, can uh, we call it Cubes bingo? And, and just everything is not quite real. <laughs> Now, my favorite bingo story, I swear to God, this is true, Wayne, and I'm sure you've heard this a million times. I had some friends that came, and it was their first Cubs convention, and I said, you got to go to Cubs bingo, the best. Okay. So we sit down. I'm explaining the drinking games, explaining how it works, and I'm like, you know what? It's just for fun. I've been going for 20 years. Nobody ever wins this thing, blah, blah, blah. My neighbor, my next door, she's not my next neighbor, a couple houses down. It was the first game. You were giving away a John Lester ball, a – Ron Santo flag that flew over, flew over beautiful stickers. Right. Oh, absolutely. A $100 <laughs> card to Murphy's. You called her in the first six numbers. Wow. See? That's what happens when you live a clean life. You should learn from that. I, I yeah. didn't. She actually took me She took me to Murphy's and bought me some Malore with it, so it all worked out. Ooh. <laughs> I, I don't think that's called winning, Crawley. I think. That's winning, in, winning in my book. Yeah, Absolutely that's win- wonderful. You guys ever go to the Nisei Lounge? All oh, the time. That's oh, one yeah. of my, my favorite haunts. Yeah, that's a beautiful place. Yeah, Old, Oldest bar in Wrigleyville. Yeah. Yeah, that, they, that, that's where Malort rules. It oh. really does, and they're they're hanging on, by the way, by a thread right now. So uh, with private donations and stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. We did, we did a fundraiser uh, early on for those guys as soon as COVID hit, and uh, you know we only gave them four hundred bucks, so I didn't give them that very far, but we got them something. But uh, they've they've been open in the back, and uh, they do have a bit of a back patio. I know they got plans for heaters throughout the winter. So on any decent day, you know, go out there. I know you got to make reservations online, but Nisei Lounge and support those guys. They also have uh, some, some cool apparel at their store that I've bought shirts, uh, sweatshirts, that kind of stuff. And when the heaters don't work, the Malort does. (laughs) Let me tell you, John Pink has said the fix would be for Crawley to lose forever. That's I know if if I was the number caller, I'd be like, Ooh, it's you. Let me see your card. No, it's not a you. It's not. (laughs) No, it's not a you. It's not a you. Let me see. The thing is, those cards have a code on them somehow, right? 
No, no code on it. Just right here. Just a regular old bingo card. Yeah, I don't know. Wayne, this, <laughs> this one, Ooh, I, steal, I steal a couple every year, so maybe this is an older one. No, I guess it doesn't. No, it doesn't have a code. I'm wondering, Quasimodo guy, when he's there, when he has to uh, <laughs> punch in the, the winning numbers that yeah. people are, you know, talking about. Because he, he's hitting something over there. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> okay, that's a winner. Already. That's oh, so he knows what that a winner is coming. So well, he, Wayne, Wayne can feel it. Wayne can feel it. He senses it. Say, like, oh, we're getting close. Here's the number you've been waiting for. All that kind of crap. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh God. But well, well, Wayne, people who just like uh, Vuk. We all know Vuk. Yeah. Uh, he he pops his head in, and I'll always uh, give him a shout out, no matter what I'm in in the midst of. <laughs> You know, it's just like, I'm not, okay. if you want to worry about it, we'll get back to bingo in a minute here. <laughs> but, but so I'm many, having fun saying hi to my guy. But I'm looking at this here, and so many people uh, that are tuning in here, it's like, I saw Wayne at bingo. It's like, like at CubsCon. And, and here's the thing, Wayne. I know CubsCon has changed since the John McDonough days of 1985-86, but you seem to keep the spirit of it alive. Like, you know what I'm talking about? The very old days back in the Hilton and stuff like that. When players where you could just see them sitting around and you could talk, you make it an effort to stand. You know, I know exactly where you are and on a Friday night where Wayne's going to be stationed. I always just take a second of your time. Cause I have too many pictures. I don't have too many pictures. I have a lot of pictures with you and you got a lot of people to see. I always just say hi to you, but you're always there for everybody. A line of people to take pictures, to try on your ring, all that stuff. Why not? Right. Exactly. Why not, man? You know what I mean? If if people are coming up and are being nice to you, and you're so ignorant, you can't be nice back. You don't deserve it. Right. I. And, I mean, you know, there, I mean, there's no question. Sometimes, if you're trying to get somewhere, and then all of a sudden you get intercepted, uh, it's it's a different story. And you can, and you know, I, I've never ever enjoyed watching somebody do one of those. You know, sign over here when you're looking over here or what's your next opportunity, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and it's just maybe the way I was brought up. I mean, I, at, at ball games, I always, I mean, that's the beauty of not being stuck up in the booth, which is, sounds like a real, uh, uh, <laughs> what kind of booth are we talking about here? <laughs> yeah. that's right. <laughs> like uh, the PA, I'm not, you know, I'm not up there. It's like, well, I'm glad I don't have to do that. I'm so honored that I had years and years of being able to do it. But the beauty of just singing and then wandering about, as I say, I walk around and try to get recognized, you know, but I'll always stop by the, uh, always stop by the handicap section. And uh, I, I, I don't know, man, I, maybe, maybe part of the experience, well, not maybe, but, you know, part of that experience that I went through um, it made me realize that uh, literally a centimeter over from where I was hit, and it, it could have well, either adios or paralysis or something. You know, Wayne, when you're talking about the little things, we were talking about Mason Watts drawing you the picture, and you, you mentioned that earlier about the <laughs> little things. You have given so many Cub fans those similar memories that it was just a little thing, but it sticks through your memory forever. And I'm just going to tell this story real quick here. My son... Uh, when he was a little little guy, little guy, he's 15 now, Wayne. He's almost going to drive in a few months. 
um, when my son. You know was, why you're grabbing your head? Yeah, my son was uh, my son was little, and you know you try to get a kid into baseball at age two, like they're not going to sit and watch a game. But he loved three things: the anthem, the seventh inning stretch, and go Cubs go. So okay. just whenever that happened, I would get him. I'm like, okay, Daniel, it's time for the anthem, and he would sit there and he'd watch. No pun intended. Mesmerized, right? He would watch <laughs> mesmerized. And so one time he's a little guy and I took him to the game and, and we're walking around in my seats in the 400 section now used to be the 300, but sure enough, we bump into you there. And I said, uh, I said, Daniel, that's the anthem singer. That's the one you always watch. That's Wayne. And, and I go, Hey Wayne, how are you? You know, just how I always do it. I'm like, my son here's a really big fan. And this is a picture here. Swear to God, you picked him up. He was about two, three years old right there. And you said, how are you, my friend, Daniel? And, uh, and, and you're just talking to him. He has the picture's not the greatest, but he has a big old smile mm-hmm. ear to ear. And every time for like the next three years that the game would be on and he'd be watching the anthem, he goes, that's my friend Wayne. Yeah, I love that. And you that's just, how, and that's how everybody feels about you, Wayne, is that you are their friend and that when we see you on uh, doing the anthem every single time, that we, you're like a, just a, a, a sent, you are you are Chicago. You are the Chicago anthem. You are like synonymous with the starting a baseball game or starting a sporting event in the city of Chicago. And it's like that I I mean, I'm floored by what happened and the fact that you were just open to letting that happen to you and letting that moment flow through you and uh, never like big time in people for it. And I don't think it would have worked if you were that other kind of person that big timed everybody was the autograph guy that, you know, had his mm-hmm. head the other way. I don't think that would have worked then. You wouldn't have been the person that starts all our events here in the city of Chicago. But it it's 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 just a it's a beautiful and I think very unique thing because most stadiums they have a different person every day and here's this little girl that won a contest and here's some other guy that you know won an award at the and it's varying degrees of good or bad musicianship and you know but for us here in Chicago we're we're just so lucky to have you and to have somebody that is just a jack of many trades and can lead us all different directions and inspire us to also be, I don't know, energetic and live our life to the fullest at, at all times, you know? And yeah, uh, well, those are unbelievably nice things that you're saying, you know, and uh, usually reserved for, uh, for the obituary, you know, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, there is a pandemic going on. But here's the, here's the thing, yeah. Wayne. Here's, I, th- <laughs> right. I, I think I think sometimes it's important to tell people this stuff before it gets to the obit. And I just, yeah. I, I'm, you know, we're just a group of Cub fans right here. But just we just, you know, I know we're not. There's a lot of us here that we're just the guys lucky enough to be able to have you here to talk to you. And and I feel like we get a chance to say thank you on behalf of the people watching because I know I know everybody has been so excited. And I've just been watching the comments and just how. How how much you're loved, how respected you are, all these great things, man. It's just it's, and again, you're a better person. And like the the fact I've got to know you over the years, it's you're you're like the real thing. You're not fake, and that's what I love about you. No doubt, yeah, for sure. There are institutions in Chicago, and Wayne, you're one of them. So thank you for being there for us. Hey, Sunranto fans, a quick message to you as we head into our 
holiday shopping season. Did you know that you can help out the Sunranto show by shopping through our links at sunranto.com slash shopping? Uh, there's all sorts of ways you could help us out. Uh, Amazon, you ever hear of it? <laughs> it's, it's only the largest company ever. So, uh, yeah, Amazon, uh, you click on that link there. Uh, it's right on the left side of the page. You go to sunranto.com slash shopping. Click our Amazon link. Buy the crap you were going to buy anyway. We get like a dollar. Okay. Now, uh, let's say you're a sports fan, which I know you are if you're listening to this show. Well, you got the MLB shop, the NBA shop, the NFL shop, uh, the MLS soccer shop, Lids, NHL, uh, sports memorabilia, StubHub. When we can get back to the games, all that's there. You like Reebok shoes? You can, uh, you know, click on our links there. Use our links. That's all I'm trying to say. Uh, if you're into vibrators, uh, we we sell those too. Mattresses, condoms, Zazzle, wine, beer. Come on, people. Let's get this done, okay? Uh, sunranto.com slash shopping for all of your holiday shopping needs. Thanks for supporting the podcast. If you never want to hear another ad on the Sunranto show, patreon.com slash sunranto. Early and ad-free listening. Access to all the show notes. Uh, and all the media that we use during our live show. Uh, you get to join the Sun Ranto Super Ranters Facebook page where we do special things with each other. And uh, I don't know, just do it. It's a dollar a month. Come on now. All right, patreon.com slash sunranto, sunranto.com slash shopping. Uh, we're trying to eat here. That's, that's, all, that's the only reason I'm doing this. Just need money for food, beer, tickets, you know. Life. Back to the show. You're welcome. I mean, it's it's funny because some people will ask me about you know, you know, what do you think of, and and I've gone through a lot of that stuff. But it's funny because whether it's the World Series or a frigid day in April when it's raining and you've promised some little kid and his mom that you're going to come out and sing for the Little League opening game. It's the same exact thing that I'm asked to do, you know. Not everyone gets that, you know. But the Little League guys are getting the A material because that's where I am at that moment. And I want them to go home and, uh, you know, tell their dad who didn't come because it was raining. Well, you missed it. Wayne Messmer saying, what? Oh, yeah, you missed it. You should have, you could have, you might have, but you didn't. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm a guy who believes to collect, you know, collect as many memories as possible. And uh, there's my guy, Bill. Before the show started, you showed us a panorama that Kathleen got you on the wall. <laughs> yeah. This was at, at the convention. And uh, our, our daughter says, you have to go see this picture downstairs. I think, oh, boy, here we go. So we come down. And the artist or the guy who took the pictures, oh, would you mind signing a couple of these? So I signed a couple of them. The guy still didn't give me a discount. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even think about that until later. But it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool. Wow. So you know, for those of you, know, you got uh, the, the lights from the thing here, obviously. But. Yeah, for the podcast listeners, this is uh, Wrigley Field night game. Is that game five? That's game three. Game, game three. three. Yeah, when they're all lined up. Yeah. They, they pull out this and, and it was actually four years ago tonight, Wayne, 
that they had all the people, they unfurled this giant flag over Wrigley and Wayne saying, God bless America. There it is. Absolutely. It's hard to believe four years later. Were you at Cleveland when they won it? Or were you at home? No, no, I couldn't. I couldn't do it for fear of, I mean, I, you know, I lived through 69, you know, I mean, I was a real fan and a guy at that time who loved the team. I didn't, you know, I thought, uh, if they lose it in six, but then if they lose it in seven after getting that close, you couldn't believe, you, you just couldn't believe that it actually could possibly happen, even though I had great optimism. So we had a group of about 20-some people, maybe, and we kind of overtook a Buffalo Wild Wings, one of them on a game six, and a different one for game seven, and then just went, uh, you know, went insane from there. And you got that beautiful ring to always remind you. I do. Yeah, I didn't wear it right now. I should have put it on for you guys. But, uh, I don't know. Well, it's well, kind of heavy. It's, yeah. a, it's a burden. You know, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. And our friend Stanley Mitchell, you know Stanley from the 1914 Club works at Wrigley. Sure. Yeah, he lived through 69 too, man. And that, that, that's a, that was a hard one. And, and when, what, what did you feel when it finally happened? Like, where, what did you think about? Where did your mind go? Well, you're still in such shock when it did happen. I wrote a very extensive piece about my experience of uh, the Cubs in the World Series. Uh, that's another thing that I do. I mean, I, I write these um, essays and then uh, also record them as because I love telling stories. So I like writing the stories and then telling the stories. And then because the way I write, I write as if I'm speaking. So uh, anyway, it really got me... When with the parade, the parade and the rally, that that still is that's one of those. This could not have possibly happened at the at the magnitude that it did. Kathleen and I are on this bus and we're looking, and all of a sudden I just looked at her and I said, "If Hollywood would have done this, how many times have we looked at each other and said, yeah, but imagine if the Cubs were to actually win the World Series. And we're going like, they did. You know, it's like, wow. And it, but Hollywood would not have even come close to playing it up to that level. Uh, this is the smile that you had that day. That, yeah, was, that was from the parade. Yeah, that was great, man. That was it was it was unbelievable. I have a great picture of me holding the World Series trophy, and uh, somebody waiting behind me is waiting until I'm done holding it, and it's Rob Emanuel, <laughs> <laughs> the mayor, uh, his honor, huh? Yeah. yeah. Did, did he pick your pocket? Yeah, in due time, pal. How do you think he lost his finger? Hey, you know what, Wayne? If there's one person that you're allowed to big time, it's Rahm Emanuel. It's all good. Yeah. That was a wonderful day. Poor Billy Williams had pneumonia. He was so sick. Uh, another thing that I got from that day that only I have, man, this would be a pictorial uh, thing to, to auction off. I... After I sang the anthem in front of a gazillion people, it's like unbelievable. I walk back and stay down the stage, and there's one set of stairs to come up, and all the guys had to come up one at a time to be introduced. So I just stood there. Next guy. Oh, look at that. Nice. I have everybody. Everybody, including the coaches and Joe. And... uh 
what do I do with those photos? I don't know. I think I'm going to make, I mean, I, you see stuff like club 400. I mean, my God, you know, Send him to Crawley. He'll Photoshop a <laughs> yeah. big. He, he's oh, working yeah. on Photoshop right now, and he'll he'll make a big mural of it. Are you as uh, are you as uh, well versed on Photoshop as you are in the getting audio on that video that you played? <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes we, we, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a simpler skill level. Yes, yeah. I, I can say work that. in progress. <laughs> <laughs> Those, those, yeah, those pictures, I'm sure, are amazing. The memorabilia, and and the thing is, Joe Madden. I saw when I was looking, I was looking at a bunch of performances you had over the years, and I think World Series Game Five, you and Joe kind of gave each other like a fist bump or something yeah. right before you got started. And I never noticed that before. Did you always do that, or was it for that game? Um, <clears throat> it was probably afterwards, because uh, here's the thing with Joe. Ever since I've met him. For his for the first game that I did in Arizona, because uh, we'd go out for a bunch of spring training every year, and uh, he would say something to me after I sang every single time, and just you know either wait at the at the dug before going into dugout, and it's funny because sometimes it'll be a I would give him like a one liner uh, joke or respond to something that I saw in the news, like, really? You know, blah, 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 blah. You know, he's, I'm just trying to keep him on edge. Whatever it was. I mean, it was like we had this uh, kind of a cool little thing. The first time, you know who Spencer Tracy is? Yeah, the old actor. actor. The old yeah. actor. You know who uh, uh, Charlie Steiner is? Mm-hmm. Charlie is now the, he's the radio voice with Rick Monday of the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Oh crap! I got to send him a note. <laughs> but he and I are kind of we we almost look like twins. And for years, uh, he he got real gray, but uh, we used to look almost exactly the same height, build glasses, the whole thing, you know. And uh, he would he would roll through town, and I'd see him at the ballpark, and he says, and he's got he's got a voice kind of like this. He's uh, I can walk and throw a hair, and people are hey Wayne Wayne how are you? He's like. He said, I just wave and stuff. He said, does anybody ever say, hey, Charlie? I said, no. In this town, they'd say, hey, Wayne. (laughs) (laughs) Shut him down. But Charlie's a beautiful guy, man. By the way, speaking of of ringers, uh, you know, you mentioned before that uh, you played Father Damien, the leper priest of Molokai, this amazing dude that uh, was a, worked at a leper colony. Talk about ringers. Look at this picture of the actual Father Damien, a Molokai. Now you don't really look like him because this guy's got leprosy and a weird hat. But like, <laughs> yeah. But- yeah, the, this is this is when uh, stuff had gone bad for Father Damien by this yeah, but- point. But, I mean, he's got the funky hands going and stuff. But uh, an earlier, younger, there's a couple younger pictures where it's like, come on. Yeah, you, you guys are, are are ringers for each other. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's <laughs> really. Dead ringer. Except, you know, yeah. What a compliment. <laughs> no, I mean, before the leprosy. Not, not, not after, you thanks, know. Thanks, Danny. Wayne's never coming back. Um, <laughs> right. Wayne, uh, obviously. We buttered you up through the whole thing, and then we said, you look just like the guy. Now Wayne I know, Hill. Wayne. Well, he does. You've been living the lake. You've been living the lake life pretty well over the over this quarantine. But I was wondering if you, like a lot of people, got to watch the Chicago Bulls documentary, The Last Dance, and if you have any memories from those days of Jordan or any of the other guys at Chicago Stadium. 
Um, I did watch, and uh, I do. I, I sang all of the finals of all six championships, um, which was kind of cool. I remember Michael as a rookie. He used to, uh, when they used to uh, practice up at a place called uh, Angel Guardian, just a little gym of a, of a school uh, up on Granville and like Clark area right, right up there. And uh, I was working at a radio station, and I just popped in to see if I could see what was going on with the practice and had a great about a half an hour just, you know, who are you? You know, what do you, what are you thinking? Are you going to you gonna make it in this league? You know, that <laughs> kind of thing. Because he was, I mean, he was, he was a rookie. He would have been, uh, what, 20 years old? 21, 22. 21, yeah, because he busted out of, out of school early. Yeah, but you know, so I, that was good. I mean, uh, the the Bulls thing um, was was really a fun run. You know, that's why had we lost Game Seven in 2016, uh, you just had that feeling. If you don't do it while you're there, it may never happen again. Yeah, yeah, we all had that feeling for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm glad tonight happened, Wayne. Uh, I, I had a great time talking to you. Uh, and I, I mean, as I said, we could fill probably 25 shows this offseason full of your stories and, you know, all the people you've met and the people that uh, you've kind of passed through and passed around and all the stories mm-hmm. that that you have. Uh, I mean, it's just it, it's endless. It, it, you probably have endless stories. And I really do hope you end up writing that book. And thank you for sharing your time with us tonight. And uh, we've taken up an hour and a half of your time, so I'll be yep. so much hey, yeah. with your evening and be like, "Hey, when you could go, <laughs> you know what? Good. We, we I'm, happy to, I'm just happy to have a pulse. We're we yeah. are we are waiting for the life to get back to normal, and we would love to come to Arlington Heights and see your show, and recommend anybody else who's in the area, especially to check it out. When we get uh, closer to actually doing this, and we've done it a couple times, we being me and a, a, my wonderful uh, a pianist friend, Chris White, uh, and a couple guys, uh, uh, Sean and uh, Ryan Jacoby, the jazz trio. And it's called um, Life is a Ball Game. And it's a show that I wrote. Um, again, it's a, it's a one-man musical review, but it's, it's a video, and uh, uh, it has a really songs of and about baseball some are kind of funky some are jazzy so there's a blues tune in there there's a gospel tune in there so again it gives you a chance to show off the chops not just uh oh say can you see yeah Yeah, can't wait yeah and and everybody should check out uh wayne's new song it it's not christmas without you doesn't That's, seem like Christmas. It doesn't seem without, like Christmas without you. Yeah. It doesn't seem like Christmas without you. You can find it on YouTube. Check out his book, The Voice of Victory. And mm-hmm. um uh, uh, and what else do you want to plug? That's it. All right. Voice of Victory and uh <laughs> it doesn't seem like Christmas without you, which is the new Christmas classic. And uh Wayne, thanks for being here today. I really appreciate you coming on and um if uh, if anybody wants to stick around, we do have a little bit of Cubs news we're going to get into. But uh, I, I want to leave uh, Wayne with uh, this classic moment from, uh, I believe, 
Is this from Game 3, Crawley, the World Series anthem? No, I believe that's Game 5 that you're about to play, and that shows Wayne fist-bumping Madden. No, when, no, 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 no. When the mic didn't work. Oh. I don't know when and this I, is. And for some so, – oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, some I, reason. I, some uh, – I thank <laughs> the Lord every day because the camera was on me when that didn't work, and I didn't go, what the f- – <laughs> <laughs> Because but I, he's like, oh. I gotta, I gotta play this moment because this shows kind of people, the people of Chicago being with you in this moment. So we're gonna end our interview with you by showing right. this. Thank you for being here, Wayne. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, it's it's just been awesome to talk to you tonight. You're a freaking legend. What can I Thanks, say? Guys. Yeah, keep doing yeah. what you're doing. Thanks for coming on. Uh, we will, right. man. We will because you keep doing what you're doing. So uh, all right, we, we might as well too. Uh, we, love, we love you, Wayne. Stay safe, bud. Check Thank it, you. Check hey, this out. And now, ladies and gentlemen, please join Wayne Mesmer as he honors America with our national anthem. Is here again. Christmas time is here. The season's full of cheer again. I'm so happy. I should be merry, but I'm blue. I'm so darn sad. It doesn't seem like Christmas without you. Cause you're not here. No, 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 no. Snow is coming down again. I gotta go shovel that shit. And Santa's back in town again. I left out milk and cookies. should be exchanged by two. What did you get me? Doesn't seem like Christmas without you. I really wish you were here. Tis the season to be jolly. Ho, 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 ho. what's a holiday for one It doesn't make any sense without you, baby Can't help feeling melancholy I'm so freaking depressed When you're not there to share the fun Why aren't you here to have fun with me? will ring again Ding dong, ding dong, ding And the carolers will sing Hark the herald angels sing My dreams will have to see me through You gotta see it through all the way, baby Doesn't seem like Christmas without It's really more like Easter or the 4th of July
Season to be jolly. Ho ho ho, freaking ho ho ho! It's a holiday for one or two or three. You need more people than that. Feeling melancholy. I'm so freaking depressed. You're not there to share the fun. Where the hell are you? Why aren't you here with me? Will ring again. Ding dong, li ding dong, ding. And the carolers will sing Roll again. Roll the red nose ring. My dreams will have to see me through. You gotta see it all the way through. Doesn't seem like Christmas. It certainly doesn't. No, it doesn't. Keychain. Christmas will ring again. Ding ding dong, ding dong, ding. Frosty again. the snowman with a very jolly soul. Come on, baby. Doesn't seem like Christmas. No, it doesn't. Without you, it's really more like Hanukkah or Flag Day. Doesn't seem like Christmas without
what an awesome moment. Like, uh, you could just yeah. tell, like, you know, and, and Wayne saw everybody in the – he felt everybody in that crowd be with him. It's like, oh, Wayne's mic screwed up. That's okay. You know, I will, it, it, I will, you know, I will take one more quick Wayne story. It was uh, 2011, and this is when he was talking about my favorite anthem. Um, 2011, Cubs Con was like one of the most depressing Cubs Con. Uh, Ron Santo died um, in December of 2010. And uh, 2011, you know, the Cubs convention was in January. So it was 2011 Cubs con. The Cubs stunk in 2010. They had no prospects. Nothing was really going on. It was just awful to be a Cubs fan. And he just sang and we Like it was like a wake. You know what I'm saying? And Wayne sung. And, and Danny, you know, as a performer, I'm sure you feel that sometimes the crowd just needed something. They needed something. And Wayne just delivered just a killer anthem. And, and so, you know, that year, I, everyone I asked who always went to CubsCon, nobody wanted to go. They were all just in a bad mood, foul, didn't want to go. So I'm like, you know what, I'll go myself. I know enough people. I'm sitting there. And then, like, usually I, I would walk around sometimes. You know how I am at CubsCon. I'm just wandering everywhere. And uh, I ended up, there was, a, there was a memoriam section for Ronnie. And there was a play, and, and, and there was, like, a wall full of different quotes. And people were just kind of writing their memories, like, you know, and, and stuff. And there's just me and Wayne and we were just talking for 30 minutes. And I was kind of just like, Oh, Wayne, that was the best. And, you know, I was asking him about that Anthem, you know, like, and, and, you know, I don't know. It was just like, for whatever reason at that moment, when I was just really down about everything, like I said, just losing Ronnie and, the, and, and seeing all these great pictures of when he was younger as a ball player and stuff like that. Like he was just there at the right time at the right moment, just like a, a voice and, and some, I don't know, you know, with his psychology degree, if he just kind of knew that I just needed to talk to somebody or what, but it was just a, it was a special moment that I always remember because it was a tough time as a Cub fan. And, and he was just there and just so generous again with his time. Uh, you know, it, it, it meant a lot to me personally. And, and tonight again, he was so generous with his time so much so that we were going to do Cubs grades tonight, but <laughs> I, I really don't think we got time. Yeah, gonna, sorry, sorry, guy. Yeah. We were going to do it. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to have to like put it off to next week, I guess, <laughs> because we we got a few other things to get through right now. But um, you know, I I unfortunately when we started, you know, I we started this show. I had my Halloween costume on, and because it I hadn't tested it, I tested it live on air. I I spilled champagne all over myself like half a bottle of champagne because well, it was just i don't know if anybody saw it but i was foaming all over me and it was uh, i don't know if you, oh michael i do have to bring this up oh my god you know, you're on the show <laughs> wayne mesmer's talking about the most serious parts uh, stories in his life and you're there in a dumbass donkey hat looking like an idiot i couldn't it's believe a, it it's a How goat. embarrassing for us all it is it is a goat that's not yes a, that's and a i was sitting there you know and and then i also forget that not everybody <laughs> the the chat room is not an actual chat room Oh, yeah, you know, like I forgot. Yeah. I was like, ah, I fucking committed to this hat on the wrong night. Yeah, and you then did. I realized, wait, that just went out over everywhere. Like that doesn't nobody knows what that even means. Yeah. But yeah. yes, now you're I confusing really, really everybody. <laughs> I really started to feel the pressure wearing the hat. I just he he was telling these stories that were so heartfelt and so serious, and I'm just sitting there looking at myself going. You know, we're going into different – we're going somewhere else soon, I think. 
Now I'm like, no, I got to get rid of that. No, you got to get, you got to lose the hat, man. You looked like an <laughs> idiot. Was it was embarrassing. No, it was embarrassing everybody. It was well, terrible. There, there was it really an, was. There was. Well, an you know, I, there was an embarrassing moment last night in the World Series. Um, oh God, yeah, we got to get to this because I did want to talk about this. Congrat, first of all, congratulations to the Los Angeles Super Spreaders. And and their uh, uh, redheaded uh, leprechaun uh, super spreader third baseman Justin Turner, who went out on the field after a positive COVID test in order to uh, celebrate. Now, let's 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 rewind for a moment, okay? Um, first of all, uh, Justin Turner was he had a positive test in what the before the so, game or what happened Justin Tur- Justin Turner has been with the Dodgers since 2015 all the heartbreak losing to the Cubs in 16 losing to the World Series and you know a whole bunch of years and so what happened uh, is, you're about to make excuses for him I hear it oh my god he is he's yeah, been he doing like, it all day no I, no I was I actually was was, making excuses for MLB and why MLB was perfectly fine with their fucking bullshit. I was blaming. Tell us how it's all all fucking Justin Turner's fault that he was able to play in this game until the eighth inning. I was blaming Turner and I was blaming um, the Dodgers organization because there was a test that was called what's called an inconclusive result. And so I've been going through articles all day. My ass. And so what happens is within an <laughs> epidemiologist was saying, yeah, you know, usually if it's inconclusive, they just do another one and usually it's negative. So he, the MLB found out in the second or third inning about this inconclusive test. They had him do another test. And by lies. the, se- lies. By, by the lies. seventh, by the seventh inning, they pull him. And they tell him in the eighth inning. So he's out. He's not there anymore in the eighth inning. And they have him and they tell him, this is what's going on. And according to the protocols that MLB put in place, he has to isolate at this point. Well, again, the eighth inning went pretty quick. And next thing you know, the Dodgers win it all. And Justin Turner was not allowed to go on the field. And basically security told him, the Dodgers organization told him, but some people in the Dodgers organization are like, well, let him take a picture. It's just for like a few minutes, blah, blah, blah. So Turner goes out there. And he doesn't have a mask on. He's sitting next to Dave Roberts, who's a cancer survivor. There were families out there. There was two pregnant women out there. Um, so I guess my problem, like I said, if he, I, he kissed his girlfriend with yeah, COVID. Look, look at this picture. He's kissing his girlfriend underneath the and and the banner underneath says Justin Turner test positive for COVID nineteen removed from World Series Game Six in the eighth inning. And then he's just like, I don't care about you yeah. that much, baby. Right. And so and here, here's the thing, Carly. Nobody's denying that Justin Turner is an asshole and the Dodgers right. fucking dipshits. But to fucking say that the that Major League Baseball has nothing to do with this, bullshit. Fuck that. They let that guy play. They knew, and they let yeah. that guy play. They so knew he had COVID. That was not an test. Means don't. We play. talked about this. We That's- talked about this before the season even started. Like, what would happen if in Game Seven of the World Series, the star player tested positive in the morning? We talked about this. We said, yeah. what would they do? And we all said they would lie. And guess what? That's what, exactly what I'm telling what you. What I'm, t- what I'm telling you is this: is according to the protocols. And you're I'm just going tell- You're telling us what they're telling you. No, nope. we all read it too. We just fucking look past 
The bullshit. What was it? It was, it, it was a two to one, three to one game. This wasn't a game that was over and then they just pulled him. That is true. That is. Then, I, then, I won't then, give like, it. No, but he should have never fucking been out there in the first no, place. No, but that's, that's not the, the pro, That's not what the protocol was. And you know what? When it comes to an agreement, okay? And I've been in unions my whole life, whether in one side or the other, as far as negotiations and stuff, you collectively bargain things, you negotiate things. And that, no, it is not. If inconclusive test, means you have to get another test taken. And basically what the epidemiologist was saying was they were in this bubble. Nobody else tested positive. So at this point, it wasn't like, okay, if here's a blowout game and they pulled them out, yeah, no problem. It, it could, they could have needed him. That could have been a give the shit. I, I'm not giving point. No, the, the point is I knew that there was an inconclusive test. They fucked up. Inconclusive saying, means, inconclusive means you say. Wasn't. No, because the part test of the problem, had... but to absolve the MLB for something that they didn't do is stupid. No, it's, it's fucking easy. stupid. They again, you want to sit there and start making up new rules? Why, in the why world are you? Why are you defending Rob Manfred, the fucking dumbest person in baseball, who got and, booed by the way, and billionaire fucking owners who don't need your help? Why are you defending them? You can say. Justin Turner is an asshole because I'm doing that to you. He is, and he should not have done what he did. But that does not absolve major leagues from what they did, and that's why we're talking about this tonight instead of the Dodgers championship. Very simply put is that when people fuck up, I'll call them on it. And I've called MLB out a million times about stupid shit that they've done. I'm not then sitting why there. why are you tonight? You're I don't, defending I, them. No, You're because defending I don't them for this bullshit. Wrong. I don't think they did anything wrong. Everything that they did was according to what was collectively bargained. So you're going to sit there and tell the union, well, we know these are the rules, but we're changing them in game seven of the world. No, you can't do the world series. That's not how it works. Now, if you wanted to say inconclusive test means you don't want to. Well, then they did a bad job in the fucking uh, negotiations because an inconclusive test is out of the fucking game. No, that's not what it means. And again, if you don't want to listen to scientists, I thought the whole goal was we listen to scientists. That's not what they said. These tests do false positives. What, if what, you get science, what scientists do you, do you have that say inconclusive test means it's a po- it's you, a false positive? I don't know. You, you got to go Fauci. MLB should have gotten Fauci, and then we wouldn't be in this predicament. Actually, we're not in this predicament. It's okay. Over. It's, you know what? I'm glad you brought it up because I'll bring it up for you if you want again. But you just can't get like say like, well, this is what's happening because that's what I like. If you're telling me, and I don't know, if I'm think I'm frozen. But if you're collectively no, we bargaining, can hear you fine. You your video if you're, freezes. You're if fine. you're collectively bargaining something, that's what you do. And they were trying again. Think about after, they yeah they fucked up in the beginning. I'll say we we reamed MLB about how bad the shit was. But then once they got through the stupid ass Cardinals, for the most and part, and the Marlins. No, no, the Marlins was first. After the Cardinals, they got their shit together. Is what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so after the martyr, after that situation, and then the playoff bubble, everything was working fine. And then again, there are other inconclusive, uh, inconclusive tests. An inconclusive test is not a positive or a negative. And that's why you have to retest, which is what they did. Yeah. Well, I, that's so what I don't believe. Me, that's, that's what I don't sure? believe. I, yeah. I believe he got a, a positive test and they mislabeled. I mean, and, I just, and they I wanted another test. Yeah. So let me put this up here. Him. Him. I just don't believe him. All right. You wanted a scientist's name, so I'm going to throw it up here in a second, but I'm frozen still. 
If it, if it's not, no, you're not. Your, you're not. Your audio is not frozen. Your, your my audio is not, but my video is, and that's also the brand. no. You just you just posted yeah. it. His brand is though. I, I'm going to put something up here from MLB. This is MLB's statement about Justin Turner. Immediately upon receiving notice from the laboratory of a positive test, protocols were triggered, leading to the removal of Justin Turner from last night's game. Turner was placed in isolation for the safety of those around him. However, following the Dodgers' victory, it is clear that Turner chose to disregard the agreed-upon joint protocols and the instructions he was given regarding the safety and protection of others. While a desire to celebrate is understandable, Turner's decision to leave isolation and enter the field was wrong and put everyone he came in contact with at risk. When MLB security raised that matter of being on the field with Turner, he emphatically refused to comply. The commissioner's office is beginning a full investigation. <laughs> so we should know uh, what they think in about five, six years of the Chris yeah, Bryan yeah, investigation. And, 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 this, and this is what I was talking yeah. about with Michael is that I want to see the punishment that Turner and the Dodgers get. Because both – if you, there was a – Ken Rosenthal put a great article out there on The Athletic – uh, if you take a look at it, it's it's very clear. Probably, that- and that's and that's all fine. We actually right. agree right. that the Dodgers and Justin Turner did the wrong thing. Okay. The problem is you don't want anybody to blame Major League Baseball. So I blamed MLB when they fucked this whole thing up in the beginning of the year. I blame MLB for blackouts. I blame MLB for everything. If somebody, here's the thing: when the Cubs, when the but Cubs suddenly, won- suddenly now you don't care anymore. No, I do care, but if like when the Cubs built the uh when they built the hotel and the things, I thought that was a smart move. When years ago they put a giant macaroni and cheese noodle out on fucking Addison, I called it a stupid move. If something's smart, I say it's smart. If something's stupid, I'll say it's stupid. And again, I right now what I know, based on what I know and what was reported again by people like Ken Rosenthal, who I do respect his writing is that right now, to me, the blame looked like it goes on Justin Turner. And so now that I'm unfrozen here, uh, second inning, there's an inconclusive test, right? And so Second inning. That means they started the game with people who were not have been properly there, yeah. vetted for their, now, now for their again, disease. The, then the protocol then goes is he gets a quick test. Benny, who is the epidemiologist from, I can't remember what school, said inconclusive tests aren't uncommon. And given the contest, there is no reason for MLB to order Turner's removal at that point to halt play. I'm not done here. Hold on real quick here. Uh, That's what Danny just had out there. Uh, Yeah, but as far as it goes, it uh, then Turner returned to the field. Let me see here. They should not have been playing that game if the first test results for every player were not in. Okay, so what That's it says, what they told us what was going to happen. What it says here, and this is from Benny, I think it's fair to assume that inconclusive was more likely to come back negative than positive because the players and staff had been in a bubble, which so far had resulted in no cases. He said the league also played it right when ordering Turner into isolation without stopping play in the final two innings. So that's all I can tell you is this it's is not, right. You can tell us what other people wrote, and you know those people are into this stuff into into just absolving the MLB of any problems even though tests were coming back the inconclusive test 
The first test well, didn't come back till the second inning. There were other inconclusive tests, and the people tested negative. An inconclusive test is not the same as a positive. Okay, no, Bill Crowley. The Bill point is, in. if the test didn't come back until the second inning, that means I would assume none of the tests came back until the second inning, which means none of those players. Should have been playing the game. Should have been playing. The game should have been postponed a day, probably. You know, and they didn't want to do it because if the tests weren't in, there were games that were banged because the test didn't come in this year. Yeah. That, that, that happened throughout the year. I mean, the, the game shouldn't have been played. Um, I mean, we'll see what – it might have not been a – No, that, that was, that, 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 there, were, there was no games that were banged because tests weren't in. No, this there was, were. There no, were. no, that was – that was at the beginning during the spring training 2.0 that they weren't getting test results back in an, uh, or in a timely fashion. That was not actual games. That was summer camp. Okay. Well, either way, uh, you know, Justin Turner did make the worst decision to celebrate a World Series pretty much ever. And I do also feel bad for him. The fact that, you know, he's supposedly in a bubble – now, here's the next question that nobody's even asking or talking about. Where the hell did Justin Turner get COVID in the bubble, except for the fact that he's in Texas? Like, that's, you know, yeah. where there's a lot of COVID going around. Right, but if they're in the bubble and everybody is tested and everybody, there should be nobody coming in or out that's positive. So that means that he must have gone out. Yeah, I'm thinking hookers and blow. That's where, that's where my <laughs> brain goes immediately yeah. because, uh, you know, he obviously doesn't give a fuck about who he kisses because you, he you doesn't. Know, yeah. No. You, you see. And, and, and again, I think it was Bill Watts who said, you know, security should have tackled. I mean, Justin Turner, oh, you're going to get COVID that way. You know? Yeah, If I was security, I'd been like, I'd have been the same way. I'd have been like, Fuck you. You didn't get him tested before the game properly. I'm yeah, not going to go fucking look, look at that risk freaking, my life. Look at that yeah. diseased leprechaun. Just, yeah, he's about you – know, what, what do you think he is, 6'3", 6'4", 200-some pounds? Neither – these are two white people that are kissing that we're looking at right now. They maybe have one lip between them. I swear to God. <laughs> like, like, seriously, come on, people. Like, what do you even kiss with? And again, I, more than anything, I want to see what the consequences are for this. This is where I'm at because MLB totally, and I said this before, fucked up on the Houston Astros penalty. Totally fucked that up. Oh, they'll fuck this up too. If they fuck it up, then I'll be the first one to fucking call them well, out. Well, they, they will. Crawley, they just the, – the issue I had today was that they've already fucked it up. They've already fucked it up in order to get to this position. And that's what I was saying because – and – the point I was making in this little fucking Twitter bullshit that we were going through was the commissioner can't get his shit together. And it's not just him. It's been happening for years. The MLB cannot get their shit together. Whenever something good should be happening, they don't get it right. The fucking Dodgers just won for the first time in 30-some years or whatever the fuck it was and who gives a goddamn. But it's been a little while. Yeah. And we're not talking about the Dodgers. We're talking about Justin Turner. We're talking about COVID. We're talking about the fact that the MLB didn't properly get these tests done quickly enough to have it safe for the game, right? We're talking about that stuff. It's the same thing as talking about whether or not there's – uh, collusion going on. It's the same thing with why the fuck is opening day 
on a cold, frigid fucking like Tuesday. Monday. In, it's even worse. March. It's Monday. It's like you the know, one day you, they don't let you get up. Why the fuck are the most important games of the year, the playoff games, handled by people that don't know anything about the teams? Why the fuck are the most important games of the year being played at 10 a.m. Central Time when they haven't fucking done that all year long? They fucking won't let people play day games, but they'll fucking put a playoff game at 10 a.m. Like, what the fuck? That's what I was talking about. They are constantly stepping on their dick. They're doing the fucking wrong thing. And this was just one of them. Weren't, like, we, at, weren't we at a Cubs game at 1 p.m. on a – I don't even remember what day it was. Was it a Tuesday or a Wednesday? Yeah, Tuesday or Wednesday for a playoff game. Yeah, you know? That was a playoff game, but they didn't have any – they had fucking four day games all year long. And then the fucking playoff game they had at one. Like – what the fuck? Yeah, on a like Tuesday, that, not even and, a Saturday when people Charlie, could go. That and, is what I was talking about. The Justin Turner thing. It's like a Justin be, Turner kiss. <laughs> he may be more, you know, in the wrong here. But MLB allowed this to happen. MLB is shitty at their fucking job. Like, they don't know what the fuck they're doing half the time. And that's being generous. Right? Like, I don't understand how this league's been around for 150 fucking years, and these assholes still can't figure out how to fucking make a schedule. <laughs> like, I don't, well, I don't I, get it. I, I enjoyed what Jose Orlando said about it. Um, uh, on the Ranters page, uh, he said, off-camera reporter in uh, brackets, Justin Turner, the Dodgers have finally won the World Series after thirty-two after a thirty-two year drought. What are you going to do next? And Justin Turner says, I'm going to affect Tommy Lasorda with COVID nineteen. I love it. Well, you know, that's what he gets for threatening to kick my ass. And here's what Justin Turner said about it. Thanks to everyone reaching out. So he didn't really realize what people were saying. <laughs> I feel great. No symptoms at all. Just yeah, experience. so clearly he has no idea how this fucking disease works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, he doesn't. Uh, just experienced every emotion you could possibly imagine. Except for sorrow and, uh, and uh, empathy. Empathy. Or, uh, empathy. Caring about the other, the, your fellow man. Yeah, there, there's a few emotions you were missing. he missed. Yeah. The two can't, pregnant women on the field. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can't believe I couldn't be out there to celebrate with my guys. Exclamation point. So proud of this team and unbelievably happy for the city of L.A. Hashtag World Series champs. I hate the Dodgers. I hate Justin Turner. I hate Justin Turner. But I do want to tip the cap to Brant Brown and Mark Pryor getting that World Series ring. We all remember Brant Brown, the one who dropped the fly ball in yeah, 98. Fuck that guy. Fuck Brant Brown. Fuck yeah, what do you like Brant Brown for? Fuck him. I, I, and I love how you were like, we all remember Brant Brown. Nobody remembers yeah, Brant Brown. Yeah, yeah, Bro, everybody heart, everybody yeah. listening just said, Charlie who? Brant Charlie Brown? No, I remember Doesn't he him. play football? I, I remember it clear as day, and, and uh, Mark Pryor, too, great guy. Like, both of them were really nice guys. It was all disappointments. Uh, well, you know, but again, happy for those guys. Um, Blake Snell and Kevin Cash. Kevin Cash takes out Blake Snell when they're dealing, and thoughts on that? Uh, yeah. oh, that's how they did it all year. 
They played it by the book. The book, <laughs> the book got them to game six. It's a, it's a, you know, as uh, you know, Theo would say, it's a, a lot of guys sitting in front of me with iPads. A lot of guys sitting in front of me with iPads. That was uh, David Ross, but uh, yeah. a lot of guys with iPads, and you know, and they're going to their pitch labs and they're going to their hit labs, and you know, the Cubs are playing catch up. You know, oh my God, can you imagine? Like Tom Ricketts looks at the payroll of the race. $62 million, wherever the hell it is. $60 million. Why can't I get this for $60 million? I'm paying $200 million too much. You know, and that a lot of people pointed that out. Like, this is a dangerous precedent to be setting. Uh, you know, I'm in an industry where it's like, you know, the, the rates keep getting pushed down because of competition and stuff. And so Actually, Danny... Unfortunately, everyone is in that industry because every industry thinks that one person can do the job of three people now. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, that's that's how it is. And so like these ball players and they're performers, they're like Wayne Mesmer. They're like me, you know, that we've been performers our whole lives. And if you stop paying us, then we don't know what to do. We're going to keep performing. But you know, we'll just be hungry and homeless and stuff and be old. And, and, uh, I don't, I don't know what to, to say to people, but that's what it is. And ballplayers the same way. If you don't have, uh, if you don't let them follow their dreams, then you're not going to get these guys that dream about the big bucks. Uh, you, 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 you know, it's, you could say what you want about inflated salaries. You know, you, everybody points to the $20 million a year guy, uh, 30 million, but that's one guy out of 800 that make the 500,000 that's supposed to last them the rest of their life, which, of course, it, it lasts about, uh, you know, after taxes, a couple of years after they pay off all their debts from all the things that they've done to get to that point when they were making $5,000 a year in the minor leagues, training themselves, paying for the extra equipment themselves, paying for the uniforms themselves, the travel themselves. There's a, a huge barrier to entry. We talked about it with John Baker Day this year about how there's a socioeconomic barrier to entry into baseball. And so, you know, it, you know, if you take it from that standpoint, I mean, uh, you, you, we've got to we've got to not celebrate teams like the Rays and them being cheap. Anthony, Anthony Rizzo deserves 20 million because he's bringing in that plus more. You know yeah. what I mean? <clears throat> if they want, if, if they want to pay less, then they've got to take less from the fan. Tickets need to be a dollar. Beers need to be yeah. two dollars. Like you know, let's then it's got to be that because otherwise, you know, because these fuckers are always are, are crying poor already. What did uh, Manfred said? Uh, Six billion, nine billion dollar debt they're taking. No, 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 nine what billion is, loss. That's that's a loss because last year they made ten billion, and this year they're only going to make one billion. And to them, the one billion dollar profit is a nine billion dollar loss because that's how that's how fucking rich people math works. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but but you started with the you know talking about Snell getting pulled because that's how they did it and blah 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 blah. Yeah. Okay, it worked. Usually, till till that night. Right, and then it and then it didn't. The dude was dealing. He looked great. My wife was sitting there. My, my wife. wife. I knew you were fucking. <laughs> Boy, but, uh, back in the news. She's sitting there. We're watching the game, and they and they pull him after that fucking week. 
grounder or weak uh, single. And she's like, what are they doing? And I was like, uh, they're pulling him right now. And she goes, don't they like what the, that is. Some, and she immediately brought up Joe Madden game seven with fucking Kyle yeah. Hendricks. I told Kyle you Hendricks loses a batter on a shit fucking call from the ump. And then immediately after that, that's when he wants to fucking pull him because the ump's no good. Like Joe pissed his pants. We all know that. Yeah, and and, and luckily for the Cubs, the players played their way out of that fucking bad decision. But unfortunately for the Marlins, they could not do it. The Rays. The Rays. Oh, Marlins Rays. Whatever. Marlins in Florida. Um, I have no idea. I need another beer. John Pinkus (laughs) writes in, the the fucking nerds need to lose some power. And I totally agree with that. It's like. Terrible move by Miami. (laughs) <laughs> Tampa. Oh, uh, damn, damn it. That I mean, but the, you know, that but that is that's the thing. It's like the game moves back and forth here to there. It, you, a pendulum. It's a pendulum. You always you're always looking for like the hole, like the shift. Madden and That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's the problem. Danny, I don't think you understand how this works. There's it's not supposed to be like a pendulum, and you're not supposed to be looking for the hole. (laughs) All this stuff, I mean, it's all made to work together in the right way. It's when you overthink it, I think is what we're learning right now. Right. Well, well, (laughs) well, they played it by the book. And and that's got, and what else were they going to do at that point? They're like, this is what let we them, let them roll, man, let them uh, roll. But then, trust, that's, trust that's, your he, fucking eyes. So then he gives up a two run homer to Mookie Betts, and everybody's like, well, I should have done everything that he should have done. Like you know, what I'm, I'm just saying, Tampa Bay was going to play it that way no matter what. They do not have guts. So like, they that's no why they're balls. not I agree. They're not an interesting but, team. That is not a team that I think is exciting. Like even though they cost two hundred million dollars, the Cubs in their shittiness. Like I'm sorry, I'd rather watch Anthony Rizzo play. No, actually, I like their first baseman. Uh, but Troy, <laughs> Troy, man, Troy, yeah, yeah. like Troy, man. But uh, in fact, look, at, I got the yeah, G-Man Troy. Yeah, next, next time, by the way, the Rays come to town, which in like 23 years, um, uh, <laughs> I think the G-Man uh, Tavern should change their name to the J-I-M-A-N Tavern just for the day. We get over there, we throw a big event with G-Man Choi. I don't know. I, I'm down. That would be fun. Right? Um, no, I mean, we, I don't want to celebrate as much as I like the the Rays, there's a, actually a lot of similarities between the way that they are built as an offensive team. They had a little bit more success. They weren't hitting it on the ground as much as the Cubs were. They got a lot more uh, elevation. They're, um, they also, their ISO, I read an article the other day on uh, Bleacher Nation, in fact, about the, the, the ISO, uh, you know, the, which is isolated power being much higher for the Rays than it was for the Cubs. So that's your main difference, but their batting averages, all some of the traditional stats were pretty similar. Three true outcome kind of kind of team. Cubs pitching was great. Even in the even in the playoffs, like, you know, if the if we would have gotten a few more runs, like maybe it's Cubs. Maybe right? more than one. Yeah, maybe maybe more than one run over two games. Like maybe but, but, right but, there, you know, I don't know. Danny, you talk about the book about the Rays, but here's the thing. 
the way that this, the postseason was set up this year is different than the way the postseason has been traditionally. And so you were burning a lot of arms. So same thing when you mentioned Madden. You guys remember how many innings and how many back-to-back games and how many pitches Chapman was throwing. That wasn't normal. Okay? Yeah, that was punishment for his bad behavior. Right, but that wasn't normal. So what I'm saying is, is that the Rays bullpen, which they did the way they did it all season, yeah, they did have some days off, and they didn't have to use guys all the time. Here in the World Series and in the playoffs, you're talking a lot of innings and a lot of high leverage innings, okay? And sooner or later, that's going to, you, you know, you're seeing a team for six straight games, they're getting to see these pitchers now, and these guys don't have their A stuff. They're running out of gas. That's where you may have to kind of change your book a little bit, and that's what a manager does. And you got Blake Snell out there dealing, and all he needs is a double play. Right. You know, when you give up a single, all you need is a double play. And when your guy is missing bats, when they start to get – a bat on a ball, it's not going a lot of great places. Even the single wasn't great. And when you talk, yeah, and when we were talking about it, that, that I think it was when we went to the game, uh, when we went to the Marlins game, you know, there's a difference between getting getting a hit, giving up a single, and giving up a 120-mile-per-hour rope that hit off the top of the wall. That wasn't that. Sometimes it's kind of like, you know, boy, he really shit, the, you know, they hit a couple balls real hard. We need to be watching this guy. That wasn't the case. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, I agree with you, Carly. If, if they rip a 110 mile per hour, uh, you know, shot through the fucking infield, like, whoa, what? okay. Well, they're yeah. starting to, you know, square run, them into, up. run into some pitches knowing what it, what's coming and stuff like that. And, you know, they just don't, they just didn't trust him, you know, same as Madden, I, same as Madden didn't trust Hendricks in that moment, you know, it, it was the exact same thing and he pulled him and It'll forever be that way. But I, for one, am glad. Otherwise, we would be up against the Game 7 right now with this show, which we are also live. Um, but, yeah, the season's over. I mean, this is the first day of the off season, And now the offseason awards are going to start. And, you know, the Cubs and, had a good offense this year. And the Cubs are leading the way. They really in, are. And in awards. A couple shockers here, too. Like, I, I'll run through it real quick. But – at pitcher, I'm going to start with pitcher because we got two guys, Max Freed for the Braves, up against Kyle Hendricks and Alec Mills. Hmm? Surprised at all that Alec Mills up for a Gold Glove? Uh, no, he you know he plays his position well. I mean, I like I said, it's hard for me to look at these awards because I was so NL and AL Central focused. So I don't know what everybody else was doing. You know, when we talk about catcher, Wilson with his framing, you know, gold glove, beautiful, you know, no problem there. Yeah, well, I mean, he had a a real resurgent year as far as, I mean, he's always had the arm. He's always had the athleticism. Uh, The framing took a huge step forward. Tucker Barnhart is is who he's up against and like kind of a rookie, maybe been around for a couple years now, Jacob Stallings of the Pirates. Yeah, Stallings is good. He's he's really good. Rizzo up against Goldschmidt again. Um, They've split it pretty much this entire time, last uh, six years. And then uh, Brandon Belt made it through this time. Uh, Second base, here's another shocker. Not shocker. And second base isn't really, you know, the defensive, you know, flashy position. But Nico Horner with the nod. And Colton Wong with the nod. 
who was released today. Not released, not tendered is contract. Not tender, yeah. Yeah. Um, Adam Frazier from the Pirates was the other one. What do you guys think of this Colton Wong thing? Like, this really does set the precedent for this offseason. Like, there was another guy. Who was the guy from the – Adam Eaton from yeah. the Nationals. Nationals yeah. yeah, today. You know, I mean – and so people uh, are like, uh, maybe you don't tender Bryant. Like, is he worth $22 million? Like, We can we- talk about that after. Well, let's get through the gold gloves. Um, all right, Schwartz- all right. Shortstop, you got Javi against. Uh, is is this the time he gets it, or is Dansby Swanson going to take it from him? Because I, I think I think it's they're going to give it to him, but it's like one of those lifetime achievements, you know, like in the Oscars when they give it to the old guy because they're probably dying soon. Like I think this is <laughs> I think I think this is to make up for all the years they fucking should have given it to him. And the they Susan, the oh, Susan oh. Lucci of shortstop. Well, I, I, I love that. <laughs> I love that Javi Baez finally gets a gold glove nod. This is his first one, right? Because he's never played enough innings at a single position position to get in the gold glove running. So this year, when he's played the least amount of innings of any fucking year because nobody played any innings, he ends up getting the gold glove. Well, he deserves it. He's amazing. And then the, the last Cub that's in there is Jason Hayward. Going up against Charlie Blackman, who has moved from center to right, um, and Mookie Betts, which, I mean, Mookie Betts made a lot of highlight reels this year. I yeah, think Mookie's getting it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, Mo- and Mookie deserves it. Yeah. Now, what about Yadier Molina? That was the best part well, of the Well, that's season. one of my TFCs, uh, and uh, might, might as well bring it up early, uh, this particular TFC. Uh, it's in Espanol, so maybe we can uh, t- we can uh, you know get get it together. What I don't know, maybe you know, Crawley. It says Yadier Molina. This is on Instagram. Said todos los fin- finalistas in la receptoria in la Liga Nacional 2020. Ahora veo una injusticia a los que deciden quién o no. No sé si es MLB o quien sea, pero está claramente que no quieren que este boricua jibarito empate con el gran Johnny Bench. Uh, and he tags Johnny Bench. Um, ba- yeah, basic translation. Yeah, simple yeah, we'll translation. Stop yeah. Really, at this point, he's, he's congratulating everybody for making the finalists, but he's saying there's an injustice. But... He veo un injusticia. Yeah, there's an injustice, an injustice going on. Basically, the point of what he's saying is he's blaming MLB that they don't want some Puerto Rican guy tying the glorious, great Johnny Bench. Yep, that is exactly what he's saying. It's not. Es una pena que me. So John Pincus is asking, what does this have to do with Johnny Bench? If Yadier Molina got another gold glove, he'd be tied. Nothing. Johnny, Joe, he would be tied with Johnny Bench for the most gold gloves. So what Yadi's saying is, is the only reason he didn't get a gold glove was because it was an MLB conspiracy. We should invite him on the show. An MLB conspiracy to prevent him from having the same amount of gold gloves as Johnny Bench. Uh-huh. That they want Johnny Bench to have the record and nobody else. Yes. Definitely yeah, they, not a Puerto Rican guy. He said they, they've always got a reason, right, for Yadi. Like there's always a fucking excuse for Yadier Molina well, why he isn't the 
best. That's that's the irony of this whole thing is MLB has kissed Yachty's ass. He hasn't been a gold glover for a couple of years now. Yeah. Like, he hasn't been that good the last couple of years. He's right. But the Cardinals fans haven't gotten that word yet. Right. And and so it's just it's it's amusing to me that he thinks MLB's against him when for the whole time they've been giving him awards because honestly, sometimes these awards are like the all star nod. You know what I mean? They just give it to you just because you've done it so many times. Like, not I mean, the goddamn Cardinals gave him 30 million just because he's done it so many well, times. And I would say that for a couple of those years, he really did earn it. Maybe, yeah, you know, this absolutely. year, I mean, he was definitely the way I mean, let's face it. It, that aging shithole is is absolutely one of the best defensive catchers, and he handles. Yadier Molina has been a Gold Glover for sure for many many years, many years, no You're doubt. Not now and, and <laughs> right. Wilson Contreras is in there, and Tucker Barnhart is in there, and that's how it is, bro. And instead, but what a crybaby! And uh, that's exactly what Jose Orlando who sent this to me the other day in. Spanish uh, called him. He's like, you know, baby, don't they llorar or lloracito or something like that. Yeah. It's a cry baby. Yeah. And I, I love how this guy, Brian Moran says he writes to him in Spanish. No sabia que MLB regalan gold gloves a personas que tenían el más errores de todos los catchers in NL. In NL. Su es un pendejo viejo. And, <laughs> but, but that means is, uh, oh, you didn't know that MLB gives gold gloves to persons that have the most errors of all the catchers in the National League. You um, are a, what is it? Old asshole. Old bitch, yes. Old yeah, an old asshole. asshole. You're an old asshole. Then, then he put uh, crying uh, emojis, and Yadier took the bait uh, on Instagram, <laughs> and he writes back. He goes, ve los numero, ve los cojones, ve la era de los pitchers, or era meaning ERA, ve yeah. uh, los uh, juego jugando. Ve el porcentaje a segundo. Ve es más no vea. Me mamas el bicho y ya sencillo. Now you that, was, that, that was that was almost that was almost as good as when uh who should call it? Who did I have that took the bait? What's his uh, nails? Uh, yeah. Can I, can I just say that all of our Spanish listeners hate you? And so do our English listeners. <laughs> I'm doing a good job, I think. <laughs> but, you know but, about it. That, yeah, when uh, when uh, what was uh, Lenny, what was, Lenny Dykstra? When Lenny Dykstra uh, took the bait that I gave him on that one time, and he got all. Mad oh, were you the one oh, that put yeah. the the cheese no. in the in the dumpster, and then he jumped in the dumpster? Is he that got, the bait you're talking about? He got mad because I mentioned that. Uh, what happened? Ron Darling, he was suing Ron Darling for defamation of character. And Ron Darling and uh, Lenny Dexter didn't win because he basically, the judge said, you can't defame his character if his character is so bad. <laughs> and, and like I said something about that and, and he got so mad and he was like tweeting at me and that shit. Did, that set wonderful precedent for guys like us. It really did in the courts. Um so uh, I, I do have one more thing I want to cover, and I'm just going to cover it real quick. Here's seven Cubs or, or nine, I don't know, that are uh, eight Cubs that are free agents. Uh, and I want a yay or nay out of each of you, whether you would like them back on the team. 
Nay, 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 nay. Okay. You, you got eight names. Jose Quintana, nay. Tyler Chatwood, nay. Andrew Chafin, nay. Billy Hamilton, yay. Jeremy Jeffers, and I got a lot of pushback because I said the only one I wanted to keep was Hamilton. I, I said nay. Anyone else on uh, the yay there? No, I, I, relievers are good every other year. I just got a feeling he, he got lucky on certain things, and I think that signing him to a contract would be a mistake. The end of his year was not as good as the beginning of his year when he was making up for the shortcomings of Craig Kimbrell. Jason Kipnis, no. Cameron Mabin, not really. Josh Fagley, nah. Now you got three guys with team options. You have Anthony Rizzo for $16 million, which that's almost automatically going to be uh, exercised. I don't know. This year, maybe not. I just I think so, but either Le- that or you sign him. You sign him to the long term at this point. Lester is at. Here's the wee thing with Lester. Lester will cost you twenty five if you don't exercise the option. Then he gets ten. We've talked right. about they're that they're getting rid of him. They're they're not exercising the option because they're going to give him ten and they're going to hope that he'll take like one in order to like then it's like eleven. You know what I mean? Like they have to give him ten no matter what. Right. So they're gonna they're gonna give him the ten and hope hopefully he'll sign for a little less. There's no way they're giving they're, him twenty five. They're gonna they're gonna give him the ten and what they're gonna do is try to give him like a two million dollar contract with two million in incentives that he probably won't hit. Yeah. That's probably um, what's gonna happen. And then the last one Especially when we hit the seventh wave. Let's let's all cheer for this one. I'm gonna raise my club four hundred here on this one. Daniel Descalzo has an option for three point five million. Oh, you you got to pick it up. It, this motherfucker. This is, year, this is the year of Descalzo. You got to pick up that that. This option. motherfucker signed a four million dollar contract. Now he only got two point four two five million of that over the last two years. Let me let me just say two point four two five in two years. That's what Daniel Descalso got from this team for doing as much as we did. Right? We did way more than him. (laughs) We have absolutely worked harder than Daniel Descalso. Right. And now, and they somehow thought there might be a reason to bring him back for three and a half million dollars. Oh my God! There'd be no point. Uh, yeah, and and people are even wondering, like some of the arbitration guys, like you know, like they did with uh, Addison Russell, who ended up being a, a disappointment. Also in Korea, he was a disappointment. He didn't have not have a good year. He started off strong. Um, I think you're going but to they, they got rid of him because he got too expensive, not because they gave up on him. They put a lot of time in him. You know, I'm just saying they put a lot of time and effort into that guy to just he, let him walk that way. He know? was too expensive for the problems. For his production. Yeah, for his, his problems. I'm telling right. you, if he can hit, like, if you hit, like, everybody, you know, forgives everything else. Uh, you had 90 RBIs, he'd still be on this team. Yeah, he yeah. would. Amen, yeah. And so that's that. It's Amen with to me. To me, the question, <laughs> the, the question is: I, I believe you know. You take a look at it. I believe that Bias is obviously back. I believe that Bryant, even though they're going to try to move him, they're going to try hard to move him. They're not going to be able to. Not for what they expect. Well, they'll have to pick up salary. Probably. They're they're what they're going to try to do is get him. Hope he gets hot and then trade him. And then the other issue then is 
the question of, to me, Kyle Schwarber is the real question mark. And this is where it gets tough because, again, when you take a look at the second half of 2019, his numbers were better than uh, Nick Castellanos in Cincinnati. His numbers were better than Nick's, and people don't remember that that well. And so I don't know how So what you're saying is that they're going to let him go to the Reds. What I'm saying is, is that this season was so fucked up, I can't tell you what the offensive numbers mean. You tell me Nolan Arenado and Christian Yelich, it's not just us, guys. It was all over the Their league. careers are over, Crawley. They, you know, and I so, don't know if you watched 2020, my, my but question, those guys are terrible. But the world they, is over, actually. But they've given, <laughs> they've, uh, given, eh. they've given Schwarber a lot of chances. And we, a you long know, rope. It's been a long rope, and the question is, at this point for me, I don't. If the DH was staying, I would love to see Kyle DH, and and hopefully he's better than what he's been. But if the DH is not staying, I don't know if I really. Who if cares if DH is staying? Gosh, we're not DH. Yeah, yeah we he's got Caratini. We got Caratini. He's a left fielder. He is a left fielder every day. The DH is just whoever in the fuck comes in that day i guess yeah they, I, I i that's my question. test guess what you're dh today your boy almora's gone crawley yep uh you know i will be taking a look and uh i bet you his autograph will be real cheap now who knows if that handler will be around anymore either that yeah. motherfucker is just gonna remember you and he's I, gonna I, be like nope I'm, fuck I'm, you i'm not I'm, gonna do it i'm not I've going to i've already thing I've already planned to have somebody else go ahead and do it. I ain't even going to show up there because it's probably going to be like a brawl that's going to erupt. I don't know. I, I already, I, I'm going to have a, a I'm going to call out of the bullpen somebody to, is Dave Arnold still on here? I'm going to have Dave Ridiculous. Arnold do it. Well, there, there's certainly going to be a lot of moves done this off season. Just to, because a lot of money comes off the books and no, they don't have any money to spend. You're talking about Colton Wong and 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 the fa- that that right now Colton and Wong, between yeah, Colton Wong the standard right and, now and Adam Eaton. You're taking a look at guys that basically weren't glove second baseman, like a franchise player who's been there for a long time. Colton Wong. Is no slouch, you know. We we've seen him. He's got a little pop. He he plays his position very well to the point that he's a Gold Glove finalist. And they're just like, sorry, bro, you're too expensive. I don't know who he's gonna about to get, but it wasn't Bryant money. For those of you that are into Game of Thrones, the old TV show that was on, it's the Red Wedding. It's going to be a bloody massacre. If you're a free agent, you're fucked. You're getting nothing. Not even half of what you probably thought you were going to get. Yeah, Chris oh. Bryant. Remember that everyone got mad at Dave Kaplan, two hundred million. Chris Bryant wishes two hundred million was going to be an option because that ain't happening. Javi Baez, I don't know what long term deal was put in front of his face, but I guarantee you he wishes he would have taken it because yeah. these next couple of years. And Kaplan talked about it when he was on last week. Their projected losses this year, their projected lo- the losses this year, and their projected losses next year. And guys, I'm in a there's a season ticket holder Facebook group, and I'm just telling you that people on there are like, yeah, I don't, I'm not coming back this year. Like it is, and I'm not talking people that have been around for like one or two years, like people that have had these things for 20, 25, 30 years. This is going to be a bloodbath. Whether again, and again. Kaplan talked about last week. It's it's a family that runs it like a business. They don't want to take the losses, whether they can afford it or not. They're not going to take them. That's just what I'm going to tell you. No, they they actually they wanted to win 
until they won. And now yeah, it's no longer good. it's no longer a passion. It's a it's a fucking product. Yeah, now, and they're not going to do I, it. I truly believe they thought they could blow sunshine up our ass. Yeah, they're they're going to Theo, Theo is going to step down, right? Okay. Theo is going to step down. A lot of people are, are thinking this might happen. Uh, if Theo steps down, Schwarber dead. He's the only thing keeping Schwarber on this team. Schwarber is going to make $8 million this year. And I don't think the Ricketts like Schwarber anymore. Danny, I don't know if you are talking to your buddies in New York at all, but this has been a big story in New York is that uh, Stephen Cohen, big hedge fund guy, is looking to get by the Mets, who have been just an absolute shit show, run like complete crap for the last God knows how many years. But, Madoff. but guess who is trying to make sure that Steve Cohen does not buy the Mets? Jerry Reinsdorf. Oh, sure. This is what I told you guys. And I think that Tom Ricketts came in and I thought he had, again, he did a lot of great things, guys. I'm not, but what I'm going to tell you is, is he got whipped into line. He got set straight by guys like Reinsdorf and some of the old guard, which is why they didn't want Mark Cuban to buy the Cubs, even though he had a higher offer. And it's why they don't want Steve Cohen to buy the Mets is to make sure to keep payroll low so that those teams like the A's, like Tampa Bay, like the White Sox, don't have to try to compete with those salaries. Mm -hmm. That's what I truly believe. And it's going on right now. You talk to any Mets fan, right now they are so excited to think that they're going to have Steve Cohen who's going to run it and spend money and all this shit. And Reinsdorf is already trying to start a movement to make sure he doesn't buy the team. Yeah, no, I, I, I believe it. And it is true that my Mets fan friend, David Brody, yeah, uh, who, who I, I've known for years from working. He's, uh, you know, if you listen to Z100 in New York City, he's what one of the producers on that show. He's on the air all the time. Uh, David Brody is so excited that he's he thinks that the Mets are going to buy every big name guy. That it's going to, in fact, he thinks they're going to get Theo. Yep. Yeah, he, he, he's like, we're we're going to be the Yankees. Yeah, exactly. He thinks they're going to be the Yankees, and I was like. No, 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 no. This is not how this is going to work for you. You might get, you know, a bite at the apple. And the Mets have been there a bunch. Like they had the World Series appearance against the Yankees where they yep. lost. Subway Series, yep. The Subway Series. I was living there then. That was exciting for them. Not for me so much. Um, uh, it, but, you know, 86, I believe, was their last championship. So they're in Dodgers territory. I, I, I can't believe nobody's brought that up. Since the Dodgers seems to be such a long drought, yeah, I, I went over LA, but LA is such a it's such a big city in New York, you know, it's just it's like a podunk. People got mad at me on Twitter, but I basically just said this: is that unless it's fifty years or longer, it's not a drought. That's the official rule. I, I made it. I'm sorry. And so, fifty years, then it's a drought. If it ain't fifty years, we're not on the door of fifty years at this point. Who are, and so are we, by the way, the Mets. Yeah, well, aren't they? No, 1986, uh, the Mookie. Yeah, 30-some years ago. Mookie bets. Mookie Wilson and Bill Buckner. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, pour one out for Lyle on yeah, that one. Yeah. So, uh, Michael, <laughs> a couple bits of business here. Uh, you've got some Halloween Cubs names. We honestly don't need to do this, but I will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it anyway. <laughs> 
do it anyway. You got you've gone through some uh historical Cubs names. So I looked I looked through the entire list of all the Cubs players I, ever. I got to put you full screen for this one. Too. Okay, but you, do you have some spook? <laughs> <laughs> I got to put you full screen, and then we got Crawley fighting with his goddamn mask. That was hilarious. That was awesome. <laughs> spooky music, yes. Uh, okay, so you got spooky music? I do. Okay. It, it, this is the music that they play, that the Cubs play when they fire the hitting coach. <laughs> it's, the, it's the tape is worn out. All right, all right. I'm I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> this tech, technical nightmare. If anybody is watching this still, there's eight people still watching. They are just like, oh my god, he's wearing the fucking you know crazy mask, and there's just nothing, just crickets. Okay, you ready for this? I am. Can you hear that? Yeah, I can hear that. Okay, there it's getting a little spookier. Got a little different key there. Okay. So these are the Halloween Cubs names from the history of the Cubs. We're going to start in 1887 with Shadow Pile. Nothing scarier than that. Except for Vern Fear. (laughs) Vern Fear. (laughs) 1952 pitcher. Fear. God, I wish my name was Fear. Oh, and then we get Joe Graves, a third baseman from 1926. And now we're going to get into the dead. R.I.P. Rest in peace. Rip Hagerman, Cubs pitcher from 1909. These are people named Rip. Rip Wheeler from pitcher from 23 and 24. Rip Collins, catcher, 1940. Rip Russell, first baseman, 39 to 42. But the Ripper Collins is the worst of them all. First baseman, 37, 38. Ripper. Finally, we get to somebody we might actually know. Damian Miller. Damien from 2003. He's a catcher. Oh, but the worst way to go, the worst way to die is to be hacked to pieces. We have Hack Miller outfield 22 to 25. Hack Wilson outfield 26 to 31. Stan Hack third baseman 32 to 47 and Warren Hacker. Pitcher from 48 to 56. What this really told me is I understand why the Cubs are so bad now. They were just drafting people named Hack from 1922 to 1956. They had a hack or a hacker on this team. That is a long fucking time. Well, those hacks made me want to yak. All right. We'll get to the last ones here. These are some Hollywood ghosties. Al Spangler. He shares a name with one of the Ghostbusters and played left field for the Cubs from 67 to 71. And then we got some guys you've never heard of. Casper Wells. He pitched for Iowa in 2014. And Mike Myers. The most Halloween name of them all. 
Pitcher, Iowa in 2000 to 2003. There you have it. We'll never do that again, and I'm sure everybody is so excited that we won't. End of segment. <laughs> oh, that, uh, that was, I take so much pride in what I just did. <laughs> that was beautiful. Um, and, you know, as Wayne Mesmer said, he just does it for the eight people in the room that are, are still watching. <laughs> um, Guys, real quick here, Dan Rohn of WGN. Crowley breaking news at 1030 at night. Don't be shocked at a major Sox announcement on Thursday. And yes, it's probably what and who you think it is. Tony LaRosa. Fucking Tony LaRosa. (laughs) You know what, though? What world? 2020. You know, I'm I'm sad because I was like right on the verge of really rooting for the White Sox. Like, I think they have a great team. I really like the players they have there. Renteria did not bother me at all, but now, pff, fuck them. I and I can never root for the White Sox, and now this just makes it a thousand times easier. Yeah, well, uh, you know who's going to be rooting for them from hell? Moose Cholak. Rip. H- hacker. <laughs> Father Damien, the leper priest of Malachi. Uh, I mean, can you imagine wanting to hire Tony La Russa for a young, exciting team? Well, you know, at least he could probably do a little, you know, restore uh, billboard stuff with uh, Ian Happ and Brian Urlacher. Uh, he'll, he'll be up on I-90 in no time. Tony La Russa, those are some plugs. He's, he no. can use a, a – re- it is what I don't understand about Tony La Russa. The man's obviously balding, but yet – so he gets the fake hair, and that's the hairstyle he chooses. You know, it just it's still got like some weird '80s mullet, you know, that he wishes he could get back to. I guess that's where he. That, those aren't hair plugs. That's a weave. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's spray on hair like it's bad. Like just on the top, the top is spray on. The back is a weave to get the mullet looking. Mullet. It's so weird looking. Yet I don't even know what's going on with it. So, does anybody have any TFCs? Because I already gave mine, which was my Spanish Yachty bitching in the world. I have one. Okay. Crawley, any? Yeah, no. No. I'll hit you with just this one. Let's see. Uh, so, oh, I, I can't see the name. Who cares? Peter Hamby. Peter Hamby. Peter Hamby. He's an actual reporter, right? Maybe. Just maybe Trump's corruption hits on Biden aren't working this time because Biden's honest and trustworthy numbers are great. And Hillary's were in the toilet. Wild take. I know. Well, uh, Missouri vote no on Amendment three responded to Peter Hamby. I also think Biden gets a better shake because he battled through a large primary. Lots of people in St. Louis never respected former manager Mike Matheny. Yes, we took it. We took a turn because he went from TV studio to manager's office without paying dues on buses in the minor leagues. Ah. Oh, and then let's pile on. Artie Bucco's earring says, why hasn't David Ross gotten the same treatment in Chicago? You'd think that a fan base as great as Cubs fans would want their manager to earn it and that 
is a fucking TFC, folks. It went from some sort of political post about Biden to Matheny right into why aren't we holding David Ross to a higher standard? Well, you, you know, he would say it himself. Hold yourself accountable. 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 You got to hold yourself accountable. Well, uh, this is one of the longest shows we've ever done, but not that's not true. But not even close to the longest. Yeah. Uh, two hours and thirty minutes so far of unadulterated Cubs content. We had Wayne Mesmer on here. Uh, we had. Uh, You're going to listen on the way to work and the way back. The way to work is going to be that Wayne Mesmer like love, and the way back when you're pissed off from work is just going to be us griping. Mm-hmm. It's going to be wonderful for you. And we appreciate you uh, tuning in. Uh, if you want to be a part of it all and help us out, what you can do is go to patreon.com slash sunranto. You can hear this show in podcast form by subscribing. You get your own RSS feed. You can paste, copy and paste into any podcatcher and uh, listen there. Uh I don't know what else to say. It's that's how we get paid. It's how we keep the, the lights on at the at the project here at the Sun Ranto Show. Thanks for tuning in. We'd like to thank Mesper once again for coming on the show. Uh, we know he's probably long in bed, maybe watching us on his iPad, dreaming of and wondering why he ever would do a show as terrible. Yeah. Wayne Wayne was amazing tonight. Loved having him on. Great stories. Nash National Treasure I saw a few times. Uh, 100% Chicago landmark. Yeah. You know, these guys just, like I said, two of the nicest people you ever meet. And I'm not talking about us, man. Wayne and Kathleen, just phenomenal people. Good people. Yeah. No, absolutely. And we've had great times with them. And we've sung songs together. And, you know, Wayne's a true artist. And, you know, I, I was hoping that that came out tonight. You know, the fact that, you know, Wayne is into so much he's not just a guy who can get through the anthem you know all the time he didn't he didn't make that his gig he could have just done that but the reason he continues to be in our hearts as the guy who does that is because he does so much else so and you could hear it in his voice when he does the anthem so um but i did make his christmas song better so we're going to end there with uh, <laughs> I can't. With, this, with the full again, again, again. Yet. this is the same argument I have when I hear the the term classic rock. Just because it's got Danny Rocket in it doesn't mean it's better. Just because it's old doesn't mean it's classic. Yeah. Well, this is better. <laughs> an instant classic from me and Wayne Mesmer. Uh, it is. Uh, it what I, I keep screwing up the name. It won't be Christmas without you. I've got, I've got it wrong. There's like a lot of modifiers in the old thing. I got to look it up. What is it? It's I a great song. I don't want it to be Christmas without you ever. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> no, doesn't seem like Christmas without you. It, pretty soon, this is going to be the next baby. It's cold outside where it's going to be like all of a sudden obscure and then boom, blow up everywhere. I, I, you know what? I honestly believe that this should be uh, played at the skating rink, right outside of Wrigley. Like oh, yeah. oh, yeah. this, this would be a perfect song to be your your wander around the Chris Kindle market and your ice skating and you're having a good time. That shit's canceled. 
But you know, it's not. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's oh yeah. Everybody's dead. But yeah, everybody's dead. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes, but, Sorry, we, we, Justin, we, Justin yeah. Turner has been in Chicago. It's over, everybody. Yeah, but, we, we've rounded the corner. It's all good, guys. Yeah, uh, yeah, no problem. Uh, I, but we are. Oh, yeah, still- I forgot. Trump, Trump, fucking defeated the pandemic back in May. It's cured. It's it's done. Yeah, yeah. Which is why we're doing Cubs caroling. In front of the marquee, we're going to film that shit. Whoever could show up, we're going to socially distance and sing. Make sure you check that out. Today. I'm going to be there on the worst fucking possible Cubs caroling night ever. I, I say we do it like five times. I say it's like a, <laughs> we, we need a schedule. We need to get people back out there. We'll do it. We'll do it well. But uh, anyway, here's me and Wayne Mesmer with his holiday classic, I don't know how there could ever be Christmas without you in the million years because. (laughs) (laughs) Spagog. 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 VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. A new year is a new chance to focus on you. You're probably already picturing yourself struggling at the gym, but not all self-help has to mean suffering. Squeeze.com is making it easier than ever to elevate your wellness by delivering a juice cleanse right to your doorstep. It's the easiest juice cleanse you'll ever do that may aid in weight loss, eliminating bloating, clearing your skin, boosting your energy levels, improving sleep, and breaking bad eating habits. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at Squeezed.com.